Howdy do who fans and welcome to the Big Blue Box podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And welcome to episode 209. Oh yes. Have you ever thought what it's like to be wanderers in the fourth dimension? Nobody in the universe can do what we're doing. I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. There's no point in being grown up if you can't be childish sometimes. The trouble with time travel is one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems on a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. I am the doctor. Great men are forged in fire. It is the privilege of lesser men to light the flame. I'm the doctor. This is Rose Tyler. She's my plus one. Is that all right? That would be me. Hello. Surprise. Boom. Etc. I'm the doctor. Do everything I tell you. Don't ask stupid questions. And don't wander off. How can you kid this? I don't like the colour. Howdy do who fans, hope you've all had a cracking week and that you've managed to do something Doctor Who related. Yeah, it's a bit of a given at the minute seeing as there's new Doctor Who on the telly. Yeah, well you'd like to think, wouldn't you, yeah. On the telly box, I don't know anyone that's not, all the the Who fans that we've had the privilege to chat to and all of our listeners over the years, I think pretty much everyone. I know we've had a, a, a couple of people in the past that have said, this is trash. I've given up on who I'm not watching anymore. Trash. It's complete trash. But yeah, I, I think everyone's um, watching it for one reason or another these days. Yeah. 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 It seems to be. Yeah. 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 I think the Bieber are fairly happy. Anyway, the viewing figures are, well, more than, I think more than we were expecting. Put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. They are. Yeah. We'll talk a little bit um, about the viewing figures <clears throat> when we get into the news. I've got a bit of news. Uh, regarding viewing figures, but yeah, so they've, they've been very healthy, uh, pretty much. Mm. Um, so yeah, they, I should think the BBC are pleased with the way things are going. I just can't believe we've only got four episodes left, mate. I keep, I'm actually waking up thinking about it as well, which is incredibly sad. But I sort of wake up and think, <laughs> oh, it's episode seven this week. That means you know, I'm thinking these things. So it's like, uh, um. Yeah, I kind of, I just don't want it to end, really. I'm just starting to sort of really get comfortable with things, and and then they're going to be gone, and and it seems like we're going to have such a massive wait till the next series, doesn't it? Although we may have a special, we may have a special in the middle. We just don't know yet, do we? Yeah, I whether think... it be a Christmas special or a New Year's Day special yeah. or whatever Easter special, I don't know. There's, there'll be something, I think. I'd like to keep the because we weren't too fussed, were we, when they moved the broadcast from saturday to sunday and went no, too fast I was actually pleased yeah. there's a lot you remember all that a lot of people didn't like it and mm. they're oh no it's doctor who's saturday night but no i was quite pleased actually it's, it's definitely worked out better for me as well i've managed to watch every single episode live uh mm-hmm. so far touch yeah. wood i don't know about you but yeah so I, i've been quite pleased with the sunday night thing yeah mm. yeah so with the exception of me being away all the others i've managed to be in front of the tv ready to rock and roll but yeah, we were okay with that, but where it concerns the specials, I'd like to keep it on Christmas Day. That it's just a nice, um, I don't know, it's just something about it. Once you've filled yourself up with plenty of Christmas dinner mm-hmm. and you've had a couple of drinks and you're on the sofa and a bit happy and lethargic, and then who cracks on? And yeah, it's a good, good way to pass an hour. I know what you mean. I I'll be honest with you. I I'd be quite happy with New Year's Day. Oh, you would, Cause yeah, because. Yeah, 
there was a time <laughs> when sort of early on in the tenant era where the family would be reasonably quiet during Doctor Who because they'd sort of get into it quite a lot. And then it's sort of over the years that diminished. I mean, I remember the last Christmas special, I didn't even bother trying to hear it over. They just weren't interested in watching it. And I, I spend every Christmas with my family. So, you know, it's it's on the telly now, but it's, it's just no point. You know, I just sort of watch it for the visuals and then try and, you know, get to grips with the story later by watching it again. Normally absolutely plastered about midnight on Christmas Day. So I, I think if it was on a New Year's Day, I'll probably be incredibly hungover, but at least there's very little chance I'll be leaving the house. <laughs> so I'll be quite happy to have something to look forward to, I think. So it's a bit of a win-win, really. I mean, I don't I don't mind which day it's on. As long as it's on one of those, I think it'd be cool. Hmm. Yes. To be fair, yeah. I think we will get one, though. There was a bit of chatter, wasn't there, weeks ago that the the Beep wasn't going to do one, and then Chibbers alluded to it fairly confidently in an interview. and hmm. So we just don't know when. If it's not on Christmas Day, though, I can imagine Stephen Moffat throwing like a bottle of red wine at the TV set. Because didn't he? The whole reason he did Twice Upon a Time was supposed to be because it meant Doctor Who secured its place at Christmas or something. I can't exactly. remember the yep. politics of yep. it, but I think there is that that uh, notion, wasn't it? That he, you know, yeah. did that. Just imagine if Chibbers is just throwing that out the window straight away. You, yeah. yeah. The Moff's wife's like, "Yep, we need another TV." That's the third one this week. It's got a hammer through it. Yeah, just the moth just absolutely steaming in his chair. Just yeah. yeah. Oh god. Oh dear. That is strange to think, isn't it? That um, despite what your your thoughts are on twice about time, it's uh, it's weird to think that we only sort of got that to sort of keep for Christmas special in the on the rotors or whatever. But because it's a it's a strange F, isn't it? But I wouldn't mm. I wouldn't want it not to be there. It's a special that despite having a very weak story, there are moments in it that I love, um, mainly just Bradley, you, you know, even yeah. though it's such a, con- such a contrast that episode, isn't it? Cause I hate the way he's written, but there's so many moments where I just love him in it. Um, yeah. It's just weird to think we, we wouldn't have got that if it wasn't for this BBC politics, you know, strange. It is a strange one, mate. And Capaldi yeah. would have regenerated at the end of series 10 as well. Yep. True. You know, true. so it would have been so, yeah, it's like an alternative universe of what <laughs> could have been. It's a timey wimey. It does make perfect sense. Actually. When I think about that scene of him lying down saying, Oh, I'd hope there'd be stars, which I thought was a beautiful yeah, line. That's nice. It does. So you can see, you can almost imagine that's, you know, that would have been the regeneration. I assume is it all starting then. It would have been quite a good, good way for him to go actually. But anyway, yeah. Anyway, Instead of holding it back. Yeah, but anyway. Anyways, yeah, we have got some news and merch coming up. Gosh, we got loads. Old Dalek Taps trays almost overflowing yeah, this week. We're busy. That's been yeah, busy. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you been all right though, buddy? Anything exciting the last few weeks? Been quiet Ooh. for me, really. Yeah, a little bit quiet. I'm I'm gearing up for the BFI this Saturday that me and you are both going to. So we're Ooh. going to see Earthshock. On the big screen, the BFI in London. Yep, get to um, see Adric get his comeuppance one more time on the big screen. <laughs> go on, get out of it. Sling your. Uh, well, I wish, I wish we were sat together because obviously, like <laughs> when they go on sale, they sell it pretty quick, so you just have to jump in and get whichever seat. But um, yeah, just be safe because there's that scene that always makes me laugh where the he's sort of holding his rope and then the side <laughs> man comes in and sort of goes rawr, rawr, and he just pulls this horrified face and I just oh I can imagine me and you just cracking up, cracking up yeah. um, I'm so looking forward to that it's going to be one hell of a who meet up I think everybody 
we've ever spoke to ever, <laughs> whether it be on social media or in real life, uh, is going. It's going to be one hell of a who me up. I'm I'm almost as well. I'm as excited about that of getting sloshed in the bar afterwards as I am about <laughs> actually watching her shock on the big screen. It's just going to be such a good day. And Eric. Eric Saywood and Matthew Walthouse are going to be doing a QA and uh, at that event as well. And I think that's going to be really interesting because hopefully Matthew will be sloshed like he was last time we saw him at the BFI because he was hilarious on stage. He was, <laughs> he'd had a few. Yeah. Um, and Eric Saywood, I've never met him at anything. I've seen him on loads of, you know, special features on DVD stuff. And he, I, I just find him a fascinating person to listen to because he, he's very candid. He always, he doesn't sort of mince his words and he says what he wants, whether it's good or bad. And I kind of like that. So I think we're in for a good mix on that stage, even though it's just those two, because I think at one point we were hoping they might add more. But I think actually those two together are going to be a good possibly explosive i don't know they're going to be a good mm. interesting mix i hope and uh so i'm yeah it's just oh man that that saturday can't come soon enough i tell you i'm just so excited about it yeah it's going to be cool hopefully they'll ply matthew with plenty of wine before the q a so he doesn't <laughs> hold back but. oh brilliant i just hope they're in the um bfi <laughs> bar afterwards like they normally are mm-hmm. yeah. okay um yeah i mean i can't oh it's just one of those awesome times we said it so many, so many times before. If you can ever get to an event where there's loads of other Who fans knocking around all in one place to watch something on a big screen, it's well worth it. So, yes, absolutely can't wait for that, buddy. Uh, apart from that, um, picked up the Doctor Who annual last this week yep. or last week. Well, I've lost track of the days. Bit thin uh, on the ground, was it, though? Page it count. is thin on the ground. Yeah, it's thin on the ground, but I really like it, actually, because yeah. it's, um, I guess, I know, I think this is, the. Th- I, I don't think they were given many much to go on <laughs> so it, it seems yeah. to me like they've had to produce some series 11 content with about three different promotional shots you know i can see chibber's sort of at his desk saying they can have that one <laughs> this one and that one and that's your lot <laughs> you know i'm not telling you anything about it because basically the first half of the annual for all pretty much the first three quarters of it is all the previous doctors which to be honest I'm love it. I like that, but I, I can tell it's probably not what they would have, you know. I think they would have initially liked to have had just all new stuff, but no. So it's mostly like all the classic doctors, you know, including War Doctor and stuff, and just two little pages on each. And it's really nice, actually. I really like it. And then, the, yeah, and then the sort of back half of the annual, you finally get to the 13th Doctor, and there's a few little typical, you know, annual things like. <laughs> spot the difference or whatever and a nice little comic strip and stuff so it is thin on the ground it's very thin actually but it is a, a nice little annual i gotta say do you ever buy the annuals are you a, are you an annual person um yes and no um <laughs> i'm gonna take that as a no <laughs> well I, I like to pick them up you can normally find them in wh smith on boxing day for about 50p i was gonna say because of the because of the sort of thinness of this annual i think it's one um, to get when it's reduced, like yeah. I would net because I think the retail price is like seven ninety nine, which quite frankly is is way too much for what <laughs> what it is. But I think if you could get this to like three or four quid, it's it's yeah. a really nice little pickup actually. Yeah. yeah, they normally do them super cheap, like straight after Christmas. I sometimes yeah. pick them up then, but there are there is a, a side of me that wants to go sort of retro hunting a little bit and try and pick up the old annuals. You know, I the, love the old annuals. Yeah, yeah. so mm. I might start that adventure at some point knocking around on Fleabay and 
I'll tell you, that's a dangerous thing I to start because yeah. uh, once you do, once yeah. you get a couple, you think, oh, I've got a gap there. I must get that one. But it's 50 quid on Amazon and on eBay even. Um, uh, but, the, yeah, I love the classic annuals. They are. There's something else. There's, there's a Pertwee one, which is incredibly hard to get. And I forget the year, but I just love the cover on it. Um, and it's oh, one of the rarest, one. apparently. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I know it always goes for really, really lots of lots and lots of money but um but yeah so it's an expensive game to get into that one um the only other thing of interest actually is just a little side note really i you know i like my titans you, you know i love my titans and there's this new doctor titan set coming out called the renegade collection or something it was yep. i think it was initially called the master collection and it seems to have been delayed and delayed and delayed <clears throat> and i think it's been delayed again but there's only this time i'm not really that bothered about the figures it there's about you know normally i like pretty much all of them and there's normally one clanger in there like a river song or whatever with this set to be honest there's only about three that i like and one of those i thought well i like the unearthly child tardis because it's basically a black and white <clears throat> tardis but mm -hmm. it, it bugged me that it hadn't got the st john's ambulance sticker on it because i was like <laughs> well if it's supposed to be unearthly child it should be on there and they've had it on there before so is it just, you know, have Titans taken there off the ball? Do they not care about detail anymore? You know, what's going on? So anyway, I got a little tweet from Titan the other day because I <clears throat> I tweeted them just saying, you know, oh, just shame that the St. John's Ambulance badge isn't on there. Like, you know, it's been pointed out. I thought by now, with the amount of delays, it might have been rectified and been put on there, but seems that that hasn't <laughs> happened. And they tweeted back to say, well, <laughs> <laughs> the we reason go. it hasn't happened... <laughs> Is because we we were told we can't get the licensing for it anymore. So you probably won't see that on any merchandise uh, to Doctor Who related anymore. And All I right, thought right. that's interesting. So that that now I'm only reading into this, so take it with a pinch of salt. But a is that the reason it didn't appear on the new mm -hmm. Jodie's Tardis, mm -hmm. or did Chibbers decide they want to get rid of it? We don't know. And b you know if they do if character do any sort of Matt Smith merchandise, or actually not just character, but if anybody does any sort of retro merchandise in the future to do with the 11th Doctor, does that mean it's not going to have the St. John's Ambulance stick on the TARDIS? Because, you know, as fans, we'll be screaming out saying, well, that's not the 11th Doctor's TARDIS. And, yeah, you know, what yeah. I mean? I'm talking sort of in the future, sort of, because obviously we don't want the 11th Doctor's TARDIS at the minute. We want the new one. But, yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting, really. It just made me think about future merchandise. And hmm. I quite like that little St. John's Ambulance badge on there, to be fair. But That's interesting, yeah. mate. Yeah, just a little uh, interesting tweet. I wasn't expecting it either. I thought, I honestly just thought, and no offense to Titan because, you know, I love their stuff. But yeah, I honestly just thought they'd made a bit of a boo boo and left it mm. off. But no, actually, we're not allowed to use it. Well, that kind of makes sense. It's not on the new TARDIS. So, kind of, yeah, yeah, I just, that was the other thing. I just thought, I wonder if that's why. Mm. Maybe, Chib you know, I wonder if either Chibbers didn't want it on there, which is, to be honest, what I suspect because I think he just wanted to really change everything mm -hmm. this year. Um, but yeah, there is part of it that could be that they said, no, you know, there's a licensing problem with it. Don't know. We should probably never know. Never, knew. <laughs> never know. But that's me done, mate. Really? I haven't really done much. And you say you've not been up to much? Uh, no, not really. I've been, no? yeah, no like big I said, finish or anything. No, well, yeah, I haven't had a chance to catch up on the recent big finish that I picked up last week. Uh, mm. So I haven't had a chance to dive into that yet. Um, just like you, mate, looking forward to the, um, the BFI this Saturday, the, um, the Blu-ray box set for Series 19 has been pushed back a little bit. You probably saw. Oh, no. yeah, again. Um, we all knew that was going to happen. Uh, to be honest with you, I'd rather they pushed it back and got it right rather than rushed it out with mistakes or problems. So, 
Well, absolutely. I just hope that's the case because I do remember season 12 kept getting pushed back and it was a supposedly to, in brackets, correct the mistakes, wasn't it? And then yeah. it came out and it still had the mistakes. So I don't know what happened there. So yeah, it would be, I, I don't mind if it's delayed a little bit as long as it comes out and we don't have yeah. any yeah. issues with it. It'd be good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and also, um, unrelated to who, but uh, we said goodbye to, um, to Stan Lee this week. Yes, I know. Yeah. It's really sad, but sad. sad in a way, but what a life that guy had though. Crikey. I know. Amazing. All amazing. The, yeah. All of the when stuff talk- that he um, invented from his early years is just, you wouldn't imagine without, you know, in pop culture, all of the I characters know. and everything, you just wouldn't imagine a world without all of his, all of the stuff that came out of his brain, you know? Absolutely, mate. When we talk about someone leaving a legacy behind, I mean, gosh, that couldn't apply to anyone more than him, I don't think. Yeah. You know, he's an incredible uh, backlog of things to enjoy for many years. Yeah, it's quite incredible, the stuff that come come from that, man. Indeed, yeah. yeah. I can imagine Marvel stuff just going on and on, and you know, for you know, much longer than Stanley was with us. It's, uh, mm. like you said, mate, it's a bit of a legacy. It's crazy. Absolutely amazing legacy. And I love all the cameos. I love it. <laughs> I love his cameos. I mean, they have just become such a thing, haven't they? And mm. um, I think my favorite one, and I forget which which film is it, where he's in the uh, library with the headphones on, rocking away, and all the stuff's going on behind him. Is it, is it, it must be a Marvel film, is it? Oh, it is, yeah. It's, um, oh, I don't remember that one. My mind's gone blank. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's the one I like. But yeah, just I love all, all the little cameos from him and... and uh, yeah, it's very, very sad. Indeedy. Yeah. 95, wasn't he? 95, yeah. 95, yeah, yeah. Yes, and even up to his latest interviews that he did, you can tell he still had all his marbles. He was still Absolutely, yeah. completely still with rocking, it. Wasn't it. Yeah, yeah, I know. Anyways, say goodbye to Stan Lee, but moving back to Doctor Who, we mm-hmm. have got a bit of news on merch today. Okay. First up, something that really burns the bacon, mate. Mm. Big time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Cardiff Council, was it earlier this year or last year? They said that they were no longer going to fund the, um, whatever it was, the lease on the building for the Doctor Who exhibition. Oh, yeah. In yeah. Cardiff Bay. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. And... uh now, I can see two sides to this because they're saying that because the, the experience didn't pull in enough visitors over the time of the lease, there's a shortfall. So there's like a big million pound bill. There was a big bill, yeah. That the um, that Cardiff Council and the taxpayers of Cardiff, have, you know, they've got to foot the bill for that. So I see that point of view. I really do. I just had a vision of like bailiffs coming in and taking away like Yetis and <laughs> Davros and Daleks <laughs> over their shoulders. Come on. Yeah. Got, to re- got to get this money back. Yeah, to me, to you. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. out the door. Come on. That's it, yeah. <laughs> so there's a big bill. I, I get all that. I understand that in their eyes, they didn't pull in enough visitors, didn't make enough money. So, you know, bye. Goodbye. Talk to experience, which still baffles me because mm. I think I went there three times over the span of, I don't know, three years, I suppose. Yeah. And uh, every time I went, it was rammed. Every time. And every mm. time I spoke to people, other people that went there, it was also really, really busy when they went as well. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, the guys over at the Cardiff Council have realised that they probably need um, 
uh, an exhibition of some kind in Cardiff. So they're going to stick one in Cardiff Castle. Mm. Which is interesting. Um, it's, it's a much better location, I would say, um, purely because it's smack bang in the middle of Cardiff. You don't have to go over to the bay. You don't have to go, um, yeah. you know, anywhere else. It's in the middle of the city, pretty much, because if those of you that have been to, to Cardiff will know that as you're coming into Cardiff sort of town centre, if you like, on one side of the road is the town, and on the other side of the road is the castle. So it's, you know, it's all in the mix, so to speak. Yeah. And um, there was a bit of me that just thinks, well, because apparently this is going to open next year, summertime. Apparently. Mm. Summer 2019. But there's a part of me that just thinks, well, in the meantime, why don't you just leave the exhibition open in Cardiff Bay? Because although you weren't hitting the numbers you wanted to, at least you're going to have some kind of income, you know, some Mm. kind of of income to pay off that, that bill, if you like. And I'm, I'm probably very naive in terms of the business side of things with that. But yeah, it's just a shame because we had plans to go back there and then they closed it and we thought, oh, okay, they're probably going to open up some hard to get to, very expensive one in London for a while and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And now they're just like, oh no, we're going to have another one. We're just going to move it all to the, you know, I don't know. But what do you reckon, mate? Are you up for this? Mm. Oh yeah. I mean, I was really pleased when I heard they were, they were going to open a new exhibition and, um, and yeah, I've been to the castle uh, and I think, yeah, it's great. It was used for some of the filming as well, which is good. Um, none of the episodes I thought. I remember when I went to the castle thinking, where's that fireplace from Heaven Sent? Oh, it's a different castle. All right. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I think it's a, I think it's cool. Part of me wonders where in that castle they're going to have it, though, because it's, um, it's a bit like a sort of the opposite of a TARDIS. It looks big from the outside, but actually inside it's quite small, if it I is. remember right. There's lots yep. of narrow little walkways and stuff. But I'm thinking, where are they going to put an exhibition? Because it's not like the one that you know was in cardiff which had that purpose-built building which was a yeah. fantastic um and mm-hmm. it was huge wasn't it it was absolutely yeah. huge so I'm, I'm i've got to be honest I, I i can't help but think this is going to be quite small unless there's a part of that castle i haven't seen no, <laughs> um, there so it's, it's not going to be like a big exhibition like we got in in cardiff before i don't think anyway i mean i'm just assuming but we'll see um yeah, so I'm I'm pleased it's going back. In fact, I'm delighted there's going to be an exhibition in Cardiff. But I actually really like the location because, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a little bit out of it. But you had to walk past all the where they filmed all Torchwood mm-hmm. and all that. So I felt like I was stepping into the exhibition before I even got to it because I'm like, oh, you know, I'm outside the Millennium Center where it all, you know, New Earth was filmed, and there's the tower where they go down in Torchwood. And I felt like I was in it before I got there. And then you go around the corner, and there's um, Eddie's Diner where they film loads of times. Yeah. And then you, you know, you'd go the other way, and you'd end up at the exhibition, with, which I said was amazing. And then if you carried a walk in, you were at the studios, which name I can't pronounce. How do you say it? That one. Studio, yep. yeah. You know, where they actually film BBC. So it felt like you were right in the heart of all the filming locations as well as the exhibition. So I loved where it was before, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, but yeah, to me, I'm just glad they're, re- they're reopening one, to be honest. I just, I just think it'll be a scaled down version. I just hope it's not just like, you know, a little room with like a few pictures on the wall and a couple of costumes. And I hope it's not a half hearted exhibition because, you know, I'm just thinking size wise, mate, where are they going to put all that stuff? They can't fit it all in that castle. Unless they got a dungeon downstairs. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe they got a massive dungeon. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, I'm very pleased that they're doing something anyway, that it's coming back. So, 
No, you are right. We went to Cardiff Castle a few months ago when we were there. And yeah. it's um fairly sizable, but it's not big enough to put I don't think they're gonna have all the stuff that was in the, the old one over there. There's just not enough. Unless I they make a purpose built building somewhere. I don't know, but <laughs> demolish the castle and put a big old <laughs> modern structure up. A yeah. huge TARDIS. You know, like um, <laughs> <laughs> like Trenzalore. <laughs> like Trenzalore, yeah. Massive oh, TARDIS. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, now that would be that would be awesome. But yeah, uh, yeah I don't know. Well either way, we'll we'll have to go and check it out. Of we? course, yeah. Summer of course. summer next year. Yeah, yeah, do a little report down there. Good stuff. Um, right, uh, going on to uh, Series 11, and we've got some ratings. Talked a little bit about ratings earlier, but um, the Saranga conundrum has now got its official rating. Now they've added all the other bits and bobs on top of the overnights, and it came in with a, a very good 7.76 million viewers. So once they'd added on all the old tablet watching and pc <laughs> watchers and all those things um it bumped up quite a bit so yeah that's a, a good viewing figure i think for what well yeah anyone yep. who listened to last week's podcast know we weren't very impressed with the episode but uh a very good figure i think and continuing you know along the lines of being a strong mm-hmm. series this one in terms of figures having said that uh, the overnights for Demons of the Punjab has had a drop. Uh, nothing to worry about too much, but it's uh, the overnights were 5.77 million, which is obviously the lowest so far for this series. Mm. Um, that'll go up, obviously, once they've added all the bits and bobs. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a drop, and I don't know. The, the sort of the pessimist in me thinks a lot of people may have been turned off by the Saranga conundrum. I think because he got such a mixed reaction, I think. You know, it's just a good couple of million down, and I just think mm, maybe just people are like nah, giving up on it, which I really hope is not the case. But yeah, it's it's just, it's a shame to see the figures sort of dropping quite in chunks rather than little drips, if you know what I mean. Yep. Yep. Um, so I I don't have it in front of me. I don't know what the overnight was for Saranga Conundrum. I uh, don't think I've got it here, but obviously it was it was higher than five point seven seven million. So yeah, it was. I think it was six point eight yeah. or something like that. Right. Something yeah. like that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So nothing to really worry about. Just a little bit disappointing. Um, but uh, yeah, obviously we'll report back when we get the final figure for demons, just to see how that does fare, because it does change quite dramatically once they add on all the iPlayer and stuff. So yeah. Yeah. We'll see. I think we'll yeah, see. I think the consolidated figures will be fairly good for that one. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, yeah. And last bit of news: um, we've got some confirmed titles and some blurb for the last two Ooh. episodes of this series. So, episode nine, the title is "It Takes You Away." Okay, which is Ooh. weird. Uh, on the edge of a Norwegian Ford, in the present day, the Doctor Ryan Graham and Yaz discover a boarded-up cottage, and a girl named Han or Hannah in need of their help. What has happened here? What monster lurks in the woods around the cottage and beyond? Mm. Might be now a that creepy one. Sounds a little bit like Hyde. Um, that mm. has the potential from that synopsis to be really creepy and scary, so let's hope it is. Yes, let's hope it's a behind-the-sofa episode, mm. that one. And episode 10, the finale, is called The Battle of Ranskor of Kolos. Oh, shivers. Do stop it. On the planet of Ranskor of Kolos lies the remains of a brutal battlefield, but as the Dr. Graham, Yaz and Ryan answer nine separate distress calls, they discover the planet holds far more secrets. Who is the mysterious commander with no memory? What lies beyond the mists? 
Who or what are the Ucks? The answers will lead the Doctor and her friends towards a deadly reckoning. Ooh. Ooh. Um, do you know what jumps out at me? Is nine separate distress calls. And we will have had nine previous episodes where probably all the villains have escaped. Is it going to be what we thought? Mm. Are they all going to come back as one big Marvel-like army? I don't know. Does, is that just a coincidence, or did you think that as well? Uh, I think it's a coinky-dink. Do you? Yeah. Okay, mm, I hope so. Yeah. So episode nine is written by Ed Heim and directed by Jamie Childs, and episode ten is written by Chibbers, mm. as you can guess, and directed by Jamie <laughs> Childs also. So direction point of view, very, very good. Um, we'll just have to see on this finale, because as we've commented on previously in series 11 so far, the, the episodes written by the Chibbers haven't really... No, they haven't been the doing mark. it. Yeah. And what is that title? The Battle of Ranskor Avkolos. Yes, the Battle of that planet. Oh dear. Anyway, yeah. We shall see. Hopefully it'll be good. I mean, we do need it to go out on a great finale, final. Yeah, yeah we do need a good ending to this series. Blimey. Might just be yeah. a bunch of new Slovene legging around, farting <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> Sounds a bit like Ransacor. Ralaric Phalaric Pretorius, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's it for news. Uh, should we get our metal friend in with this overloaded tray? Yeah, let him wobble in like a remembrance Dalek with all this stuff. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Match corner. Match corner. Match corner. I don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted. It's a bit rubbish, but it's pretty. It's very pretty. DVDs. I remember those. I should hope you do. <laughs> Seeing as you've got a hundred of them. Thousands. Least, yeah. DVDs. We like new DVDs. Uh, Koch Media has released uh, their latest one, which is called The Doctor's Villains. Mm. You've heard us talk about these before. They're the sort of third-party, unofficial uh, DVDs that Koch Media put out. You've got all of these so far, I'm pretty sure. I've got them all so far, apart from yep. this one, but I'll tell you a little story about it in a second. Yeah, I've got them all, and I like them. <laughs> yes, so this one is um, it, it's the definitive set of interviews with a group of actors who brought the villains of Doctor Who to life mm. and sent you, quote-unquote, behind the sofa. So this mm. uh, special release has five uh, long interviews with Ian Collier, who was Omega in Ark of Infinity, Bernard Arkett, who was Marcus Scarman in Pyramids of Mars. That might be a good one. Mm. Uh, David Goodison, who was Davros in Destiny of the Daleks. Peter Miles, who was Nida in Nida. Genesis. Uh, Julian Glover, Scarroth from City of yeah. Death. That would be a good one. Um, and a tribute to Roger Delgado as well um, from the cast and the crew that worked with him. Uh, it's a two-disc special edition, over five hours of content. Give you an insight into the making of Doctor Who, specifically the monsters and villains. Introduction by Nick Briggs. Um, and he's out now, apparently. It is out now, and uh, two days ago, or no, sorry, I don't know, a couple of days ago, I was in HMV, and I saw it, and I was like, because yeah, I, I really, you know, when you just want to buy something because you're out <laughs> shopping and you haven't got anything, I saw the spine, <laughs> the doctors, the villains. I was like, yes, right. excellent. 
and uh, they're normally quite cheap as well. I think they're normally $9.99, $12.99, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I grabbed it off the shelf all pleased that I'd found a little treat for the day. And then I rattled it, and this is my absolute pet hate with DVDs because obviously it's sealed as well, so yeah. I can't check the both the discs were rattling around inside it. Oh, no. And I hate that. Yeah. I absolutely hate it. I couldn't bring myself to buy it because if there was the slightest scratch, even if it played all right, I don't care. I, I cannot stand it when discs are rattling around in the box. So I put it back and I haven't got it yet. <laughs> but I will oh, get no. it. Right. No, no, I couldn't. I couldn't bring myself. It was twelve ninety nine as well. And I, I have seen it cheaper from Galaxy 4. Uh, they're $9.99 delivered. So I thought, I'm not going to pay £3 more and have a load of scratch discs when I can get it for a tenner from Galaxy 4. (laughs) So I haven't got it yet, but I will be getting it. It looks quite good. I like the sound of the the tribute to Roger Delgado. So, you know, he's very prominent on the cover. (laughs) And um, before the synopsis, I was thinking, is there an interview with him that I don't know about? But yeah, that's what it is. So looking forward to that. Yes, sounds good. Yeah. Okie dokie. In other merch news, so there's uh, Christmas is coming believe it or not it's not that far away and uh our friends at lavazzi are launching some new doctor who stuff for christmas um i don't know about you mate i love lavazzi stuff they just they recently released the season 18 scarf the shorter version Mm -hmm. and uh it's lovely i I got i got one this week or last week i lost track of the day it's so nice and um and i have got a christmas jumper but it's not from them so they're actually bringing out their own doctor who christmas jumper which looks really cool, I think. It's like a sort of grey and white with the TARDIS and Daleks on it. What else has it got on there? <laughs> Snowflakes. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, so that's coming out. They're releasing some... This will make you laugh. When I first saw this, I thought these were oven gloves. I, I, do you know what I did? <laughs> did exactly you? Oh, yeah. good. Yeah. I thought it was just me. They're not. They're ladies' gloves. Love Gloves for ladies. Uh, and they've got the Pandorica, you know, the Van Gogh exploding TARDIS across them so i'm assuming these will be like silky does it say on there what they are Uh, i'm assuming these will be a nice oh they're a velvet feel fabric so yeah yeah so yeah and i before anyone jumps down my neck because i'm sure there are men out there that can buy these as well it does say on the on the blurb from the that they are ladies gloves that's not me being sexist or anything (laughs) but they they look pretty cool and uh, but this is my favourite, mate. They're also releasing a um, a scarf, a new scarf, and I love a scarf, uh, which has got the Telos cyber symbol pan across it, and it says at the bottom, "We will survive." So it's a, basically a Tomb of the Cybermen inspired scarf. So that's that's the one I've got my eye on, and the Christmas jumper. Although I have already got one, but I'm quite tempted to get a new one because I've spilled gravy down the other one. So. <laughs> <laughs> I might just get a new one. But the, any of these grabbing you, mate? You into into any of this stuff? Yes, I really like, like the. Uh, I really like the Christmas sweater. I thought you would. I can imagine you rocking that. Yeah. Hey, am I saying it right? Is it Lavazzi? Lavazzi. Never sure if I'm saying it right, but um, but they've done all the you know the Doctor Who scarves in the past and mm-hmm. the question mark umbrella. So I guess uh, our listeners will be quite familiar with their stuff. But, yeah. Um, I like the. Um, uh, I've I've got the a Christmas jumper from a couple of years ago. I don't know if Lavazzi did that one though. It's the bright blue one with 
remember when you got it. I don't think it was them, actually. I think it, no, that yeah. was when the good old BBC shop was still going, I think. Oh, that's right, yeah. Something yeah. to do with them, but yeah. Yeah, so I've been looking for a new one, and this one fits the bill. I think it's a very nice-looking... I can totally oh. see you in that. I think you should get it, and I'll, I'll get the scarf, because if I get that jumper, I know it'll, it'll just look disastrous on me, where, whereas <laughs> <laughs> you'll, you'll probably be able to rock that one. Yeah, you, I'll get that. You get the scarf, then. Yeah, okay, yeah. And yeah. Uh, I might just... Uh, I'll get my partner the oven gloves. <laughs> <laughs> not that you're hinting at anything but yeah no yeah. yeah uh 41 days until the big day oh gosh it's coming around quick like you said so um yeah some good merch crimbo wise yeah. from uh from lavazzi very nice stuff yeah uh other merch stuff uh mr davison the fifth doctor is going to be uh into an adventure with um with jenny Jenny, yeah, I guess this was, um, you know, it's weird. I, this seems like an obvious pairing up, doesn't it? And I hadn't thought about it, but it seems quite an obvious thing to do now. It does, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, Georgia Tennant, who plays Jenny, is going to team up with her real-life father, Peter Davison, for an adventure in the upcoming Legacy of Time, which is the uh, special 20th anniversary of Big Finish um, Doctor Who release that's out in July, I think, next year. Yeah. And uh, so this is going to be interesting. I'm I'm wondering if there's going to be any other timey-wimey stuff going on. I hope that they, this is going to sound weird, but I hope that they don't include Tennant in this one. Because Jenny's, you know, she was, you know, she's essentially the 10th Doctor's daughter. Mm. But I just hope that they allow these two to crack on on a cool adventure together uh, for Big Finish. And um yeah, so next year and the adventure that these two are in are is called sorry, uh, Relative Time, written by Matt Fitton. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Jenny meets uh, um, an earlier regeneration of her father and together they'll need their wits about them to defeat Time Lord the Nine. Played oh, by, the Nine? Played by John Heffernan. Mm. Yes. Uh, disaster strikes inside the Time Vortex, throwing together the Fifth Doctor and his future daughter Jenny and the nine sees an opportunity to steal something huge, as well as, um, yeah, because uh, Georgia, she had her own series, didn't she, for Big Finish, or her own box set a little while ago. That's right, yeah. Did you get that? Because I didn't. Was it any good? I, di- I didn't get it. Oh, you didn't? No, no, no I'm afraid that there's so much coming out from these guys at the minute, I just can't afford it all, but no, I didn't. Yeah. This, um, this new set, The Legacy of Time, could be amazing. Well, I'll definitely get this. I must admit, I'm, I haven't pre-ordered it yet because it's uh, it's forty pounds, which is quite a lot of money. It's a big old set, though, <laughs> mm, for what you get. Um, yeah. yeah, but they take the money straight away, so I'm I'm going to order it a bit closer to the time. But uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll definitely get it. Yeah. So for the legacy of time, uh, it says time is collapsing. Incidents of temporal chaos and devastation are appearing throughout the many lives of the Doctor and his friends fall out from one terrible disaster. The Doctor must save history itself and he will need all the help he can get. Sounds big and epic. Mm, it does, yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Right, uh, other news and on the merch side of things is that Character Options have already <laughs> reissued their toy of the Sonic Screwdriver. So the 13th Doctor Sonic version 2 uh, is out now. So it seems like they've addressed a few issues with it but not mm. all of them so basically this one uh, the first thing they've done is is vastly improved the box so that you can actually see the thing because yeah. um yeah. i'm i'm guessing they probably hadn't seen the sonic when they first put together the packaging because basically you couldn't really see much <laughs> of it so now they've sort of put the window higher up so you can actually see it 
Um, and they've given the the paintwork on it uh, much more detail. So whereas before it was just painted a really plain silver with no sort of weathering or anything to it at all, they've now put a sort of a, a what would you call it, mate? A more sort of weathered feel to it. Yeah, more, it's um, actually got sort of more depth to the painting on it. So it actually yeah. looks looks sort of much better mm-hmm. um also improvements on it i've heard are the light inside is in so much brighter yeah uh, whereas before it kind of emitted a light all the way through that you could see but was also you could see all the wires inside um apparently they frosted the glass along the panels and they've made the light brighter so it looks a lot better so overall the sort of the improvements are good the one thing they haven't changed is it's still got two buttons on it one of which doesn't do anything so it's still got the dummy button <laughs> Um, I think a few of us are hoping that they might have made the end rotate like the 720 version um, and has now been seen on screen as well. So unfortunately, that hasn't been fixed. I'll guarantee you they'll do another version of this uh, where it does. I mean, that's almost inevitable, I think. Yeah. So this is a this is a much, you know, the paint apps on this are much nicer. The light's better. It's definitely the version to get if you haven't got one yet. But then again. I'm pretty sure they'll reissue it again soon with making that button do something. I wouldn't be at all surprised. I mean, basically what they've done is they've rushed out the Sonic <laughs> to tie in with the new series. They probably weren't given a lot of time to get it together. And that's what you got. And now they've had a bit more time to, you know, yeah. refine it and improve the packaging and the overall look of it. So, um, yeah, if you haven't got the Sonic or you want to get this new updated one, it's out there. Yeah, I think um, this looks a lot better. It's got a slightly yeah. darker paint job because the other one was a very bright um oh it was horrible and plasticky really yeah. bright silver so on this darker one they've also used slightly darker screws as well apparently that's right yeah yeah so that makes a little bit of a difference but more importantly it lights up a lot nicer now so mm-hmm. i think on the current one you'll be able to confirm this or not but during the day anyway when you hit the light button um you only saw a little bit of it in the top half of the sonic and at the the emitting bit at the end and hardly anything in the in the in the base yeah i think so yeah. yeah whereas this one now you can clearly see that the light you know comes out of all the different little windows and stuff which is good it's just that bloody dummy button again what's just I get know. rid of it if it doesn't do well, anything just that's why i think they're leaving it on to do instead of making a new mold they, they, they'll do a version three with this thing spinning surely yeah probably yeah that's got to be done hasn't it yeah, yeah. anyway there it is there you it haven't is. got a sonic yet but uh i assume you'll be waiting uh, well, I've got one. the American version, the 720. Oh, yeah, you've got the 721, haven't you? Yeah. yeah. Um, maybe I'll wait for version 3 then <laughs> of the character one where they do something no, with them. Yeah. No, in character, there'll be version 25. I mean, I yeah. think, was it, was it the um, the 11th Doctor Sonic or, or no, the 10th Doctor Sonic? They issued that like so many times, reissued it so many times. It was unbelievable. Anyway, yeah. Uh, and last bit of merch uh, to talk through is uh, from character as well. And that is, they've put up the 5.5-inch 13th Doctor action figure to um, to order. And, um, yeah, won't be ordering this one, buddy. I don't know if you will be, but, yeah. Hmm. I just think that the face on this one is looks absolutely nothing like <laughs> Jodie Whittaker at all. Just doesn't look anything like her. Did you see the the previous photo? They mm-hmm. had like a photo of a um the prototype. Yep, they took it down there. 
but it but the facially and also the stripe across the her top was so much better on the prototype. Yep. I don't know if you yeah sorry I don't I don't I don't get what's gone wrong because yes they've improved other bits on this figure, <laughs> but yeah I don't know maybe it's the paint apps. I'm just a bit bit bemused by it to be honest because I I will be getting it obviously, but um. Yeah, I think in in some ways the sort of facially and that the prototype figure look better um, because the paint apps on this this version that they've released, you know, this this picture of the version that <laughs> they're sending out for people to to entice people to buy it, to me looks really messy. It's horrible. Like yeah. it's the paint apps are dreadful on it. I just can't believe someone looked at this promotional shot and said that's the one we want to get out there to encourage people to buy it. I can only assume they just know where Doctor Who fans will buy any old thing and think, like me, or look at it and think, well, I've got to have a fifth Doctor, you know, I've got to have a five inch 13 Doctor figure, so I'll buy it anyway. But yeah, I can't believe that's the best. Like, you know, imagine them in the factory. They've got to find one that's they've really, you know, they spent ages getting the paint apps right because everyone's going to see this promotional shot. And they, that's what I just, yeah, I, it was beyond my comprehension, mate, because it looks a mess. Quite frankly, yeah, yeah it looks like one of the it looks like one of the Egomos figures that you get that, that you know that someone's done on a Friday afternoon ten minutes before they shut the factory. Like, oh, quick, finish <laughs> that one off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, not impressed. It's horrible, mate. I'm not. Yeah, certainly not. I mean, I wasn't going to buy it anyway. I know you weren't. But I, I mean, I will. I'm just praying that it, the actual thing is better. I mean, it'll be one of those as well. I think where you'll need to get it from the shop because. If you order it online, you're going to risk just getting a really badly painted one. You're going to have to, you're going to have to get this from a shop and yeah. and, and pick one that's that's half decent. Because if this is a good one, <laughs> imagine what the ones are like that have just been, you know, because they're so mass produced. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah the, anyway. the coloured stripes down the front of her coat just are all smudged, and the yellow straps of her braces are all smudged and horrible, and her hair—it's got this. They try to do this paint job in the hair where it's showing a sort of darker roots, I think, underneath her blonde hair, and it just looks like somebody's cracked on her head, and <laughs> her face just looks nothing like it. Like with some of the older character stuff, I've got a, a few of them, and like the older David Tennant ones, they kind of look like David Tennant. You know, they're not too bad. Yeah. But this one, it looks nothing like like at all. There's not even I, any. I think the eyebrows are there, and that's about it. <laughs> I, I just can't help but think character have given up with Doctor Who. Just it really it, does. Yeah. You look at some of the stuff they've produced in the past. They, I mean, yeah, you know, they've been hit and miss, but they have produced some lovely sets in the past. And I'm, I'm going back a bit now, but the TARDIS sets, you know, the original ones, with oh, yeah. the first yeah. Doctor and mm-hmm. fourth and seventh, lovely sets. And Emperor Davros, you know, the big egg. Oh, yeah. Davros, yep. really great little set. And they used to really put effort in. Now it just seems like... I honestly almost wish that the BBC would give the license to someone else because if if this is their you know premium Doctor Who range, you know this and the Sonic with the dummy button and do you know what I mean? It just feels like oh that'll do, just shove it out there, they'll buy it, you know. And they keep giving B and M all these exclusive sets, which yes, the third Doctor Tardis set was looked lovely, but it was cheap as hell when you got it out the box. I mean that I love that Tardis. The third Doctor Tardis, the yeah. B&M one, but it when you actually hold the thing in your hand, it is so cheaply made. I'm almost frightened to open the doors; they're so thin, and they're just like I just don't think they really care anymore, mate. To be honest with you, doesn't really look like just, it, does it? No, yeah. well, I mean, like you know, this is this should have been a there. Wow, look here it is, thirteenth Doctor figure, guys, look at it. Exactly with the amount of 
um, sort of good press and hype and all the yeah, good, come you know. On. You want, yeah, I just, I, yeah. Give it to someone else. Give it to another manufacturer. Yeah, I, I think, I think so. If this yeah. is, if this is the sort of stuff they're churning out, yeah. That's going to do anyway for news and merch. Our review this week. Yes. What is it? So, <laughs> what is it? <laughs> so it's episode six of series eleven, and it's called Demons of the Punjab. We're in 1947, Pakistan. And that Ombre, she's an right? Yeah. How did we bring demons on ourselves? I don't know, but we'll find out. If I had to guess, I think we're going on. Tread softly. You're treading on your own history. Ooh. We've been good this week. We've managed to keep our thoughts to ourselves. We haven't. I don't. I haven't got a clue what you think of this episode, and you can't have a clue what I think of it because I've been yep. especially yep. careful that after last week where we just both blurred it out straight away. <laughs> we've. I've been really careful this week not to say anything, and I know I haven't seen anything from you either. So, we. I have no idea what you made of this episode. Snap. Which I like. Yes, yeah. indeed. Uh, so this was the usual series eleven affair, fifty mm. minutes long. This one was written by Vinay Patel, directed by Jamie Childs again. Uh, it stars the usual TARDIS team and a f- fairly decent um, sized um, supporting cast. Uh, the story is thus. Uh, Yaz is sort of really, really keen to go back in time and see what her grand grandmother was like and what happened to her. Uh, we have a nice sort of bit of exposition at the beginning where uh, her nan's giving them like little gifts to the family and she gives Yaz a broken watch and she's really intrigued to find out, you know, about her granddad um, and the watch and so on. So she asked the doctor to go back in time. Uh, the doctor's very reluctant. And then hmm. for some reason, within snap of fingers, she's like up for it. And then we're back in um, ancient, uh, not ancient, that's a terrible word. We're, we're back in time a little bit um, in uh, um, Pakistan, India. What yep. side of the border are they on when they go back in time? Anyway, it's they go back to when uh, a time in the late forties where uh, Yaz's nan is about to marry um, her her love, and it's the partition of India's just sort of happening at that point. So it's another one of those historical episodes where there's a big, mm-hmm. important pocket of time, and the Doctor's there um, going on. And while this is going on, the these mysterious demons that they've been labelled as um, appear. Uh, it turns out that they're not quite what the doctor thought that they they were there for, and um, yes, we have another emotional uh, sort of ending uh, to the episode, um, and some decent character development for Yaz mm, at last. Yes, so another historical one, another emotional one. What are your thoughts on Demons of the Punjab, mate? Well, um, do you know I read a preview, spoiler free preview review of this um the day before it aired and it my god it filled me with dread um so it was a doctor who tv website uh, re- did a review of this saying um more of the same lots of talking no action villain disappears without any threat you know whitaker not owning the and i was like oh my god everything about the review was just like all it sounded like a review of the sort conundrum like you know everything we were saying about the episode that was bad 
they were saying about this episode and I was like oh no <laughs> so I was really like I mean not I don't not that I listened to reviews but because of last week's episode which we didn't enjoy I read that and was just like no oh, here we go so I sat down to this just expecting more of the same as of last week and uh I was just like so pleasantly surprised <laughs> I absolutely loved it okay cool, cool i love this episode mate <laughs> i i know it was a little slow in its pace but i was drawn into the story um for, for me finally jody actually stood up to somebody and showed more signs to her character and i absolutely loved her in it which i was you know been wanting this for a while so yeah, I really enjoyed it, mate. I thought it it looked fantastic. The music was incredible yeah, this week. Yeah. Um, some of the act, some of the side cast, the acting let it down a little. Um, but overall, I just thought it was a. I just really enjoyed it. I, I I was quite surprised by the mixed reaction. Really, when I went on Twitter, I shouldn't be, but I was. Because, uh, you know, I, I'd put it up there with Rosa in terms of how much I enjoyed it. I don't think the story was as strong, but I'm just talking about enjoyment levels. I just <laughs> thought it was up there, Rosa. It, I found it incredibly powerful. Like the, the end scene when you knew Matey was going to get shot. I was I was quite literally on the edge of my seat because you just think, it, you know what's going to happen to him. And it was quite horrible. You're almost, you're almost in the shoes of the doctor thinking... I know what's going to happen. Yeah. I can't do anything about it, but he's going to, you know, so you're waiting thinking, are they actually going to shoot him? Ah, oh, gosh, this is, this is tough. Um, so I just found it incredibly powerful, mate. So I really liked it. Yeah. Really liked this episode. What about you? Yeah. So I really liked it. All right. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I was worried you guess because a few people didn't. Some people <laughs> no, were like, no. "No, I switched off. I found it boring. I was yeah. rubbish. Doctor Who's dead, and all this." Stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I really liked it. It had all the makings of like one of those really cool, epic thought of you know, this one of those episodes that, if nothing else, when you're talking about series eleven in months or years' time, you'll be like, "Oh, do you remember Demons of the Punjab?" It was one of those really nice historical. Um, thing so overall I really liked it I, it was great like you said the music was beautiful um, oh, stunning Segan is just I've said it every single week but I cannot wait for the Series 11 soundtrack I think it's going to be one that's going to be played to death every day yeah. um, my only feeling on it is and this is my only sort of overall negative feeling is that I, I did want a bit more action in there yeah. And that's my own selfish reason. I, I realized that there couldn't be because this is more about the emotional side of things with Yaz's Nan and mm. that whole situation and the whole partition going on. And so it's all about Umbreen and her marriage and, and all that stuff. I, I get it. And I think because of the quote unquote monsters this week, I think the doctor built them up to be these really dangerous assassin type um, mm. aliens. I thought, right, you know, we could be in for a couple of really cool action set pieces a bit later on. It's going to be a bit, you know, high octane. And then we're going to have a bit more of a emotional thing at the end, but they turned out to be just wet blankets really. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I do. I do kind of agree with that. And I, do you know what I think? It, I think it wouldn't have bothered me 
if we hadn't have had that every single week so far. Like, if this had been sort of even one of two episodes where the villain turns out to be, you know, a bit, oh, that's okay, they're not threatening sort of thing. But unfortunately, because we've had a whole series of that, that is, I mean, I will agree with you, even though I love the episode, I did think to myself at the end, another one where the villain's just like, <laughs> does nothing sort of thing. I, you know, it, I can appreciate your frustration with that. Cause I do, I do think the same, even though I loved it. And I thought they looked brilliant as well. Yeah. I thought the, what were they called? Those things, the demons, they um, just called demons. Yeah. They were called the, uh, Tejarians. Yeah. yeah. Cause I thought they looked great. You know, they really look menacing. Um, and I, I kind of love the twist that they turned out to be honoring and people and stuff. I kind of love that, but it's just unfortunate that it's fallen into a series where every villain's been so weak and stuff. And it, it, it's kind of had an impact on this, this episode as well, isn't it really? Cause if you hadn't had that previously, I think it would have been a great twist, but because of it, you sort of got to the bit where they said, no, no, we're not, we're not bad. <laughs> and yeah, you kind of thought, yeah. Oh, again, sort <laughs> of thing, you know, it, it's a shame really. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I'm not. I'm not going to criticise the the episode because of that, because I fully understand why those things are there. Uh, it it just feels like, and I will put my positive hat back on in a second. It just feels like we were another week into the series, and we still haven't had the Doctor and the the TARDIS team challenged by a scary, threatening villain. That, yeah, that's absolutely. all it is, you know. I absolutely agree with that. And it does need to be said. No, I, I agree with you, even though I, I, you know, hugely positive this week on in terms of this episode. But I will agree with you. It is another week <laughs> where yeah. the villain has been a, a non-threat. And uh, yeah, starting to get a bit annoying, isn't it? Starting to, you know, we haven't had, you know, one sort of decent, you know, yeah. a, a enemy yet, really. Yeah, it yeah. just feels like the Doctor's not being tested. Ch challenged. Challenged tested, enough yeah, by... Yeah. Because they've, I think the way that Chibbers has pitched this doctor, which is evident to see, is mm. that she's very, very human in this series. Yeah. You know, she's very, um, she, she, it almost feels like if you'd never heard of Doctor Who before and you watched a couple of these episodes, you would think that she's just the leader of a gang of humans. You, you wouldn't necessarily pick her out as an alien. You know, she doesn't mm. really have, you know, so she's very much grounded in humanity and, and all that stuff, if that makes sense. And, uh, yeah. It, I, I know it, what you mean by that. Sometimes when they try and make her alien, they give a dialogue of, oh, do I like purple now? Do I like sofas now? And sort of that, that sort of dialogue. And I always think it's a, it's a misstep that, because that doesn't bit. make the doctor alien. It makes him sound a bit sick or, or her sound a bit sick. Sorry. Cause you know, Matt Smith doctor used to say things like that. And the doctor's, hundreds of years old he's not mm -hmm. stupid he's an alien <laughs> he's you know because i always think like with closing time for example no not closing time closing what's, the matt, time. what's the one with matt swift playing football oh the lodge uh, the lodger the lodger yeah and i was thinking like he's pretending he's never doesn't know what football is he's confusing it with cricket or something i think the doctor's 900 years old he's not a fool and he he's, played cricket know, a said, lot before he, yeah, and I'm just yeah, exactly. I'm just thinking he's been around. He knows stuff. Don't they? I, I sometimes just think the writers confuse making him alien as you know as being confused by things. And actually, it would be the opposite. He's travelled around. He knows all these things. 
you know, you, there are other ways to make the Doctor alien than than yeah. silly dialogue. You yeah. know. And I think it's a trap that they've fallen into, particularly with Jodie's Doctor, because, um, like you said, she is quite human and she does keep coming out with these silly quotes. And uh, But it doesn't make her feel particularly alien, no. It's McCoy all over again. So when McCoy first took what? up the role of the Doctor, he was very comedic and funny. Mm. And then as he went on a couple more series, they then implemented that more darker more alien side to him. So maybe this is, you know, history repeating in that respect where mm. at the moment she's quite down to earth and funny. There's nothing really that stands out as, oh, she's alien or, you know, or anything. But maybe in series 12 or 13, we might get to see a bit more. But I think that's down to the writing more than anything. I think she's probably really up for playing stuff like that. It's just mm. the stuff that she's being given. I mean, in this particular episode, I think she was, we'll come on to it in a little while, but she was really really good i think now that chivers is out the way mm. for a few episodes at least she's given a chance to not be locked into the techno techie talk so much and yeah she can i don't know i felt like the character integration and dialogue was a lot better in this one versus the last couple of weeks um but yeah so oh. i think just overall the aliens threat the monster threat although it was beautiful in a way that their purpose was now to sort of be witness to people that die alone. Mm. You know, that's a lovely thing. It just felt like, uh, you know, this is lovely and everything and it's, you know, I get it, but just really wanted one of them to just freak out and just shoot one of them, <laughs> you know, and then it's on and then it's game time. And but Game is know. on, they turn back to it. I kind of get what you're saying because it's... Um... It's interesting, really, because I watched this again yesterday, so I gave it a second watch, and, and I wondered if I would find it slow, because the first time I was really drawn into the story. And, yeah, the pacing was a bit slow, but it wasn't boring for me anyway. I, I actually got quite sort of into the story, and I thought, well, I wonder if I'll if I have the same effect a second time, because I kind of know what's coming, you know. And yeah. But I, I really enjoyed it again yesterday. I, I You know, I just thought it was great, but... But I can see why, like you said, about the lack of action. I worry for perhaps other viewers, you know, particularly younger viewers. Is that gonna? Is this gonna hold their attention? Yes. You know, that's what I worry about because we talked earlier about the viewing figures and and they could, you know, they've taken a bit of a dip. And mm-hmm. I'm just sort of worried because I want this show to appeal to a family audience again, which I think is what they were going for. But this is quite an adult in many ways episode, wasn't it? Yeah. Um. So the lack of action only worries me in terms of other viewers like younger viewers really it didn't bother me particularly this week but yeah i guess you know i can see why some people might have been a bit bored by it but i I was thoroughly engrossed by it i I really really sort of got into what was going on yes even though even though some of the cast are a bit weak i kept thinking god if you'd got a a stellar cast of this it'd be phenomenal like i thought everybody in rosa for example do you remember me saying when we reviewed it that even the supporting cast in the bar that were giving dirty looks were just bang on. Everybody was giving such a great performance in that. Uh, to me, that's the only thing really that slightly let this episode down was that the supporting cast weren't quite up to the standard of those mm-hmm. in Rosa. And I kept thinking, God, if they were, this episode I think would be phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, that aside, I still thought it was really good. Yeah, so that's sort of it really. That sort of negative stuff done and out of the way. Um, 
So overall, I think we're both in agreement. It was a, a cracking episode. Yeah, really, I, really I thought good. so. Yeah. I thought it was good, yeah. Visually, again, it's one of those episodes that could have happily been a feature film almost. Yeah. Just the the quality of the direction and lighting and cinematography and stuff is superb. Oh, it was beautiful. Really nicely directed as well. Uh, who yeah. directed this one? Uh, Jamie Charles. Jamie so Charles again, yeah. He's directing the final, isn't he? So. The last two, yeah. Yeah, um, direction was great. I, I kept wondering all the way through where, where they filmed it as well. I don't know, but I was thinking, where is this? It's a beautiful place. Um, and uh, apparently it was Provence of Granada in Spain. Yes, yeah. So, But it looked beautiful, didn't it, with the fields, all the different color flowers. And there was a beautiful shot of the poppy in it, which I thought was a very nice little subtle touch to have in the episode, you know, yeah. considering the weekend it went out, the Sunday it went out. But yeah, yeah visually amazing. That's another thing to bear in mind as well. This did go out on Remembrance Sunday. Mm. And the theme of the episode, I suppose, was about remembrance rather than action and violence and killing, I suppose. So mm. yeah. there is that to bear in mind as well. Mm. Um, so visually, stunning, all that stuff. Um, are you happy with another historical? Because we don't really get them this close together. Um, the, like, you know, the accurate, hist- well, striving for accuracy in any way in mm. terms of um, historicals. We don't really get two of them this close together in a series. Um, are you happy with another one? Do you think it was a good vehicle? Yeah, personally, yes, yeah. I am. Because it, it, I found it such a powerful episode that it it really made me think uh, long after it finished, you know, long after I'd finished watching it. So it had an effect on me, and I think which is, you know, the effect it was after. Um, so yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm happy enough with that. And same way with Rosa. I was thinking about Rosa for days after I watched it, and um, yeah. this had a very, very similar effect on me. Uh, it felt like it sort of made me think about things that I never, you know, that things that I know that have happened, mm-hmm. but you you don't sort of, you know, you think of ah, oh, you, know, you don't really sort of think about them and actually what actually they mean. So yeah, it did. I think it. it I think it was good to have another historical. I think if you'd asked me beforehand, I might have said no. I'd have been like, oh, no, I don't want too many boring historicals. But actually, no, I think it, it for me, it worked very well, yeah. Yeah, no, I thought so. Yeah. And it's clear that Chibbers wants to inject a bit of an educational mm. point of view into it because they could have done this with a more laid-back, let's like the fire of London aspects, they could have done it mm. in that way where it's just a, it's more of a, a big story going on over here. Oh, but there's the partition of India stuff happening as well. And, you know, the doctors happened to insult some important Indian politician, you know, and that's resulted in the partition and stuff. So they could have gone down that route, but you can tell that the Chivers is quite keen to, you know, have this, more educational vibe about it because it does strive for accuracy and the same with Rosa. It was very accurate. Obviously not the doctor being there, (laughs) but you know, being around that, that important moment It's another one of those important pockets again. And I think it strives back to this. This had lots of shades to me of father's day from Eccleston. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say that. Yeah. Where, Mm. The where Rose is very keen to go back and see her dad. The doctor's like, no, this is a bad idea. That we will come on to Jodie in a bit, and yeah, I've got some thoughts on 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 her in, in versus how Chris Eccleston handled it. But mm. um, and then 
we have the whole... So I think with Father's Day, that was more about a tiny isolated incident that we didn't need it spelling out that if anything went wrong, then Rose would have not been conceived and so on. Or she was just been born, but there was a problem with, you know, you know, there was a, it was a bit timey-wimey, whereas this one was more straightforward. It, it yeah. was cool the way the doctor was, you know, tread carefully because you've not been born yet. So if things go wrong, you're sort of going to talk yourself out of existence sort of thing. Mm. And, um, yeah, so it, it it was cool that the that storyline and the Doctor being there was an aside, if you like, to the main plot point of the partition and so on. Um, I, I did keep thinking, did the Doctor learn nothing from Father's Day when she said, oh, go on, then I'll take you back. I was thinking, oh, Doctor, you do you never learn? <laughs> but I, I kind of like put it aside because I think it's part of Jodie's doctor's curiosity. It's like she almost can't help herself get involved. You know, like Yaz kept telling her off saying, Doctor, I thought we weren't getting involved. And she's like, oh, just a little bit. <laughs> she's a bit like a naughty schoolgirl in yeah, a way. She's like, yeah. she can't help herself. And I kind of like that, that really, because you you could say, well, the Doctor wouldn't do that because of what happened at Father's Day. He'd just say, no, we've done that before. It's not happening. Um, but she, because she's got this slightly curiosity side to her that she just can't help herself. Mm-hmm. Um, she gives in really easily, I think, which is good. The other thing is, though, you, you said about the two historicals, you know, coming quite close together and stuff. Um, did the storyline slightly remind you of Rosa as well a bit too much? I mean, because they were, again, forced to be part of events where they couldn't leave, really. I mean, well, they could, but they sort of, were there right up until the point where he got shot. So again, they were sort of forced to witness stuff. And I thought, uh, slightly similar to Rosa, but I don't know. There were a few bits that I just thought felt a little too similar to it in a way, like the changing, you know, events and all that sort of stuff and letting events take their course has to be done. This has to happen. They have to be in a certain place. They must get married. I think it's a little bit like, Again, they're making sure history stays on track. So it was a little bit similar to Rosa in terms of story, I thought, in places. Not that it bothered me, but it was just something I noticed, you know. Yeah, well, the ending especially. Mm. So with Rosa, they just had to stay on the bus and not get involved. It was just a horrible thing to have to be witness to. And it's the Mm. same thing with this one at the end. I think they all knew that Prem was going to die when he went off to confront the soldiers and as they're walking off, you hear the gunshot. Oh, that scene. That was horrible. So it does have similarities. Yeah. Where mm. it's almost the only th- main difference I would say is that throughout Rosa, they all knew that it was going to lead up to that historical point. Yeah. Whereas yeah. with this one, I think it was a bit more unsure about what was going to happen because it, I think things were in flux a little bit. And I think mm. it was that little, uh, Prem's younger brother was it Manish is that the character yeah. named Manish he was a little beep wasn't he <laughs> yeah with his little Harry Potter specs yeah I mean you can't criticise yeah. him one point because you, you can't criticise somebody's belief system you know if, if they believe that that's how something should be then that's it you know you can't mm. criticise too heavily but he he was a little <laughs> yeah a little, he was yeah. so a I think it, yeah so I think it was his ultimate decision that led to uh, Prem, you know, being killed and Umbreen mm. fleeing and then heading over to the exotic island of Sheffield. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think things are a bit more flux. And at the end, it was very much like Rosa, where they knew it was happening. They just had to walk away. Uh, but good point, though, mate. There are some similarities there, mm. for sure. And also, for me, visually as well, like with Rosa, this is one of, this is one of the things that makes this series so cool in terms of its visuals and cinematography. It had like a like an old school sort of almost little sort of sepia tone to it mm. with Rosa. And because this one was set, you know, out in the, 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 the outskirts of, of India and it's all quite sandy and stuff. It just felt like that as well. It felt like, you know, it's not bright purples and blues and spacey and stuff. You know, mm. it, it felt visually quite similar as well. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't help but notice as well, because they're in the glorious burning sun. Yeah. For pretty much all the episode, but did you notice when they went in the forest and and found the uh, the guy who'd been shot? Um, what was he called? The the priest or whatever? Oh, the holy man. Yeah, the holy man. Yeah. Did you notice it was absolutely tipping it down? It mm. was raining really hard because they would like. I was surprised they didn't sort of put a sheet over it because you could see it dripping all down. The, you know, the doctor's coat was. And I was thinking, I wonder if they filmed that back here or if they had a sudden downpour or because they, they're, they're literally two minutes later they're back to glorious. <laughs> Sunshine. I mean, it was clearly filmed at a different time, but yeah, I couldn't help but notice it was really, you know, I don't want to say the swear word, but it's really raining hard. Tipping it down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I didn't, yeah, I did notice it briefly. Yeah, it's only that scene, I think. I thought, yeah, why? Is... I just wondered if they'd pop back to Sheffield to film that bit, because, you know, I kept thinking <laughs> of the forest where um, uh, um, Ryan finds the capsule. In the first oh, episode, yeah. Yeah. I was thinking, oh, I wonder if they sort of, you know, because they can't afford to film it all in Spain. You know, I'm sure there are bits they do pickups, you know, in different places and then make it look like the same location. Mm-hmm. I just wondered because it just, yeah, struck me as being a bit different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it still looked good though. Yeah. It did. Yeah. Uh, I thought the episode looked fantastic. Yeah. yeah. What did you think to the interior of the, um, the assassin's craft then? Because I thought that looked like a, a real badass kind of, TARDIS mm. interior almost. It was big mm. and circular and had like the column or the the thing in the middle. Because uh, you mentioned earlier that they looked really cool. I like really. the look of them, yeah. yeah. You only really got a couple of shots where you could see all the eyes. They had like loads of eyes at the side of their face, didn't they? Loads of black eyes. Mm. And um, no, I thought they looked great and I, I liked their spaceship. Yeah, it was very simple, wasn't it? It was just the colorings of it, the sort of dark tones of the actual inside of the ship. I just thought it looked really good. Mm. Um was that? I don't know if that's all set or if it's half set CGI. I don't know, but it looked good. I thought it was very simple, but it, for me, it just yeah, really suited there. Hmm. It was quite contained as well. So when they were sort of dragged back, you know, when they come that bit where they appeared behind the doctor and took her away, <laughs> I was like, I actually was like, whoa, yeah, that's you know, cool. I, yeah. I thought that was great. And hmm. then she's inside that. It was sort of felt quite claustrophobic, didn't it? It was like a, just a small room with yes. them in it yeah. so yeah I thought that was pretty good actually and the effects as well you know when they showed the faces oh, of people that had died it was like this sort of um, holographic style uh, do you know what I mean like this blue looking I thought that was beautiful really nice yeah Yeah. and it was uh, it was quite heartfelt as well at the end where you saw Prem's face and he rises up and there's like thousands of other yeah, faces and lovely. stuff. It's quite nice. Yeah, I mean that's what Good I was saying stuff. earlier. The concept of what these aliens are doing now—they've left behind because their world was destroyed, wasn't it? Mm. Uh, by something. So their new purpose, if you like, is to witness and be around for for, for 
for death when people are alone and stuff. So the the, the premise of what they what they're about is really nice, and it does it's a bit emotional. I must admit, at the end of the episode, I did feel a little bit wasn't tearing up, but you know, I did feel a little bit of a punch in the old heartstrings. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, uh, for me, it really hit home. I think that coupled with the bit when you heard the gunshot and the doctor's reaction to it, I was found, found it really moving. Yeah, you know that that part of the episode. You know, and I also like the bit when, um, uh, where he, where, you know, when we got a flashback to what's the character's name? The the main guy, the guy who got shot, Prem. Prem. Yeah. Prem. Yeah. You know, we got the flashback to him when he found his dead brother and he first sees the demons waiting you know, the first season. And I thought that was a nice, quite powerful moment as well. You know, mm. with him in the sort of soldier's tin hat and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. You know, that was, that. I thought visually again, it just looked great. Yes. Yeah. What did you think to the doctor making stuff again, albeit not ah, with bolts and I was like, I was like almost like jumping up and down with joy because we said last week on the podcast, didn't we? Yeah. Oh, we really hope Doc, Jodie's Doctor would make things like the third Doctor did because she did in the first episode and we thought, we hoped she was going to do stuff like that, didn't we? So when she starts building this contraption yeah. with chicken poo and things like that, I was loving it, mate. It was I awesome. absolutely was yeah. loving it. I was like, yes, well, this is what we said. You know, she, this is what, this is brilliant. Um, and I love it when the doctor makes things just shows that there's clever and yeah. So I love that bit. And yeah. I did think of you and I thought about what we've been saying on the previous podcast and stuff. And especially as, and I'm just going to get this out of the way now, actually, especially as, and this is a very, you know, I don't have a lot of negative to say about this episode, but one thing I do have that's negative is the overuse of the blimmin' Sonic. That's uh, a series wide thing though, I think. It is, but yeah. it was particularly overused in this episode, <laughs> mm-hmm. I will say. So I was really pleased that she put the Blimmin' Sonic down for two minutes and actually made this contraption. Um, I, I thought it was really, really good. Yeah. Very cool. But, yeah. But that Sonic, mate, oh, come on, that's got to go. I think... Um... We need a we need a um, pteroleptil... No, what the, what the thing's called from Visitation. We need one of them to pop in and, and blast and that blast thing. Blast it, yeah. I know what you mean, mate. I think that's more of a series because we've sort of complained about that a little bit on every episode, haven't we? But it was, yeah, it was worse than ever this week. Yeah. I know what you mean though, mate. It's, uh, it's definitely becoming a crutch for the Doctor and she doesn't need it as much, no. Um, But I did really like the fact where she sort of rallies me from, right, I need this, this and this. What was it? Tree bark, ox spit, chicken Yeah, because Graham made a... Yeah. Graham made a great line about the ox, didn't he? And, yeah. and Ryan was laughing that he got a bit too friendly with him and stuff. I, I thought that was a brilliant little yeah. scene. That was great, yeah. I want a yeah. biscuit. What do you want a biscuit well, for? Everyone loves a biscuit. Yeah. I love biscuits. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, yeah. that was a very Doctor Who moment. It was. I thought, yeah. You know, when people say, oh, it's not Doctor Who anymore, that, uh, you know, that to me shows it still is. Yes, yeah. Uh, so in terms of like story stuff, I think, you know, mainly... Obviously, centers around Yaz. We'll come on to Yaz in a minute. Um, other than that, there wasn't too much else going on. We had the stuff with um, Umbreen marrying Prem, partition, and these aliens. You know, these at first it was the whole the Doctor identifies them as these sort of dangerous assassins, but then she realizes that they're not, and then they tell her why they're there and so on. So, in terms of story, it's actually quite simple. You know, there's nothing is, crazy yeah. going on. Yeah. So let's talk about some characters. What did you think to the voice of the aliens then? Almac 
Um, was it Almac and Kisar? I think were the aliens. Oh, I didn't know they had were names. They? Oh, they <laughs> might not have been. Hold on. Yeah, I think so. The guys in the suits weren't the yeah. voices of the aliens, but um, so I think Almac and Kisar, I think, are the the two aliens. I would think so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't know if they got named in the episode because I certainly didn't pick up on it if they did, but. Um, yeah, I liked the voicing actually because it was kind of they were kind of softly spoken, but also quite menacing. Two uh, women, it, two women voicing. Oh right, yeah. yeah. Well, I liked it. Yeah, yeah. no, I, it was a good mix. I thought. Yeah, mm. it was that because uh, I think if they were like growly and fierce, mm-hmm. it would have made it a bit um, sort of predictable, really. But it's nice. Yeah. The, um, yeah, the. Uh, the sort of quietness, but even when they were being threatened by the doctor and the and the guys, you know, they were having the the doctor it steals all of their little whatever they were stuck to the trees, and mm-hmm. you know they came across as quite threatening because the the doctor had wrongly identifies them because she wasn't aware of the history. Um, yeah, so they remained just quietly confident, even when they were being threatened, which is nice. Yeah, no, I thought the voices worked well with the, yeah. with the look of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we had some other uh, supporting cast members. We had the guy, the old holy man guy. He was quite good. He had a bit of a laugh and a crack with Prem at the beginning. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. About walking and, you know. Uh, so that was quite cool. And he gets um, bumped off, though, fairly early on. What was his name? The holy man. The holy man. Was it Hakim? No. I'm not sure. Is it, The funny thing is, though, that is a bit of a plot hole, though, because if he's been shot, Surely the doctor didn't need a sonic to, because she did. She thought he'd been killed by the dust. I was thinking, well, he must have a blue and great bullet hole in him somewhere. <laughs> like I'm a bit surprised that she didn't pick up on that, or, or the wonderful sonic didn't pick up that there's a, a bullet in him because he was supposed to have been shot, wasn't he? Oh, he was killed by Manish, wasn't he? Yeah, unless the, un, yeah. Uh, unless the the planet dust heals them, you know, or mate, I don't know. I'm sure you can find a good reason to get around it, but I did think that when he when it was revealed that you know that he was shot, I thought, oh, surprised they didn't notice that when they found him. Yeah, mm. no, I didn't. I hadn't considered that. Mm. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so the holy man, he was quite good. I think he was there for the wedding, wasn't he? He was going to marry the two of them. And... Yeah, because at first I wasn't sure about the fact that the doctor married them. I was thinking, oh. Do we want the doctor in the middle of it? But actually, you know, I loved it really. Mm. When she had a little flower in her hair and the way she delivered that performance, I thought it was a really great moment, actually. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah. it's just when they first said, oh, you could marry us. I was thinking, oh, it's a bit too convenient. And also, initially, I was thinking, well, wouldn't the nan remember the doctor married them? But then I was thinking, oh, she doesn't actually see the doctor at the start of the episode. So, yeah, it did. It did work definitely for me on a second watch. Yes. Yeah, but initially I was a little bit like, mm, I don't know, do we need the doctor to marry them? Is that just a bit convenient? But anyway, mm. and then there were some other supporting characters, and you have to forgive me, I can't marry mm-hmm. up the names with the. No one will be surprised, and nor can I. No. Um, so then we had. <laughs> was there a younger? Uh, was there a sister? Was Umbreen's sister there? Another woman. Was that? What was her name? There was another oh, yeah. woman. Yeah. What was her? What happened to her? Was it was her sister? There was, I, I don't know if it's her sister. There was someone around at the start. Friend. I forgot all about her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Friend, yeah. Yeah. Um, she was okay because she's been in Who before. Yeah. She's been in a, that woman, whoever she was. She's been in Doc 2 before. Mm-hmm. She was in Unicorn and the Wasp. She plays the the house 
keeper lady. Yeah, so someone pointed that on Twitter. I didn't realise until I yeah. saw that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What was her freaking name? No idea. No idea. Um, we're so terrible, you know. I know. With performance and characters. And... Our, our regular listener, Sammy Satine, will be going mad at us right now. Yeah. Come on, Gary and Adam. <laughs> uh, and then we had uh, the younger brother. He he was Manish, wasn't he? I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think to him then? He was the cranky, moody little, because he didn't agree with the whole, um, uh, you know, let's keep Muslims, Hindu and Sikhs. You know, they've lived together for so long and mm. he, he just doesn't agree with it. He's all up for the partition, isn't he? He's all up for. He's all up for it, yeah. 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 Um, do you think he played that well as written? I think he's meant to be this sort of uh, very angry young man who, yeah. you know, do you think he played that well? I think he was okay. I think he was decent enough. But I, I, again, a bit comes back to what I said earlier. I think if you'd have got somebody a bit more experienced in acting, I don't know. He just he was he was perfectly fine in the episode, but you know it wasn't that believable at the same time. I think it, you know you could have got someone who gave a stronger performance, um, right. and I think that really would have hit home if you did. But to me, he wasn't too bad. Yeah, he was he was decent enough, but I wouldn't say he was great. Yeah. What I did think, you think? Yeah, I thought he was okay. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, I think uh, the thing that I liked was that he was written to be quite consistent throughout the episode. Mm-hmm. There wasn't any points in time where you thought, oh, is he going to come round? You know, is he going to be happy for his brother? Is he going to come round to it? But no, he was just adamant throughout the whole episode that, you know, this was, a, in his opinion anyway, this was a bad idea. And, mm-hmm. you know, and there was that... There was that great scene where she tried to make amends of him. Yes. By offering him the food. Yeah. And he just was like, you've made a mistake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they were like, oh, not on their wedding day. Um, yeah, I mean, as I said, you could have, if you'd have got a really good action in that scene, I think that would have been, could have, could have blown the socks off. But it, it was a little bit weak. But it, it, did, it did the job. Yeah, it and did. It, yeah. And it was by yeah. no means bad. It wasn't cringe. I wasn't sort of sat there thinking, God, he's awful. <laughs> um, it was good enough. But yeah, it could have been. Bit more powerful, I think. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, what about Prem and Unbreen then? The young Unbreen, when we go back to the 40s. I thought well, the guy who played Prem was really good, Shane Zaza. Yes, I did. Yeah. I really did like his performance. Um, I thought he was consistently good throughout the whole episode, actually, from not wanting to reveal when he first saw the demons to the stuff with his brother mm-hmm. to the scene at the end when he got shot. I, I, yeah. Really good performance from him, I thought. Yeah. Not so much with Umbreen. Um, I thought she was probably the worst one in it, really. Uh, her acting was just incredibly stilted and wooden. Um, you think so? What, the young Umbreen? The, yeah, the one playing a young Nan. Is that the one, Umbreen? Uh, uh, young Umbreen, yeah. So Amita Suman. She, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you thought she wasn't hitting the no, mark? No, I didn't think she was particularly good at all okay. no when when they first arrive and she's pulling all these faces like who are these guys and she's being a bit sort of arrogant and uh just didn't find i particularly warm to her right, right. uh into i didn't particularly want to her character for a start i think she's supposed to be quite a strong sort of female character you know a bit like the nan when you see the nan you know you see her as the nan mm-hmm. years later she you can tell she's a strong personality that doesn't take any nonsense mm-hmm. and i think she was trying to play it like that but to me, it just come across as a bit um, unlikable. And I just didn't think she was particularly great. 
right in her performance right. but again it wasn't enough to take me out of the story and it certainly wasn't bad um it's just it's exactly the same as i was saying with the other guy i think if you'd got somebody else in there that gave her really shined on screen i think it could have been much stronger but okay. okay yeah she was okay she was decent but just not great in my opinion no did you think she was good no Rachel. no i thought yeah i did think she was good i don't yeah? think she was like standout mm. like mm. But, but i thought she, i thought she was fairly good i thought she had a as you see it as probably she's trying to mimic the sort of stronger, older version. That's what it come across as, Right, yeah. yeah. I, I did see her as a, a very firm, sort of head on straight, knows what she wants to do. Mm. Almost stubborn to a, to a point. Um, but no, I, I thought, suppose it's got to be because of the fact she's refusing to, you know, bow down to all this stuff with, you know, the division, isn't she? So she's got to be stronger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought she was a pretty good though. Yeah. I certainly didn't come away after thinking, oh, she was terrible. Mm. Um, but, but again, not standout, but not. I thought she was very good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Um, and what about Nanny Umbreen then? Mm-hmm. So we I see like at Nanny the beginning, Umbreen. at the end, yeah, she's, um, yeah, uh, she was played by Lena um, uh, Dingra. And I thought she just had this wonderful sort of um, no nonsense with the grandkids kind yeah. of approach if you know what I mean she was very much um, you know when Yaz was questioning her about uh, well they were questioning about the gifts that she was giving out and she just mm. wasn't having any of the banter and then when Yaz um, starts questioning her about tell me about what happened with granddad and the watch and stuff she's obviously quite reluctant and doesn't want to go into it and then it's really nice at the end when you know they have that Yaz and they have that lovely moment at the end don't they where yeah. Yeah, she's kind of respectful. She doesn't want to push it anymore because even when Umbreen's saying, you know, I'll tell you about your granddad or whatever, Yaz is the one who says, maybe, you know, another time sort of thing because mm. she knows what she's been through firsthand. So yeah. she doesn't want to push it and then have that lovely moment. So I think um, as performances, I thought Mandip Gill and, and Lena Digger work really lovely together when they're having the old Umbreen. Yeah, moments I together agree. but um she was great though the old um nanny umbreen i like it she said nan uh, yaz was her favorite as well <laughs> i, I lo- like that little moment yeah she was likable <laughs> strong funny I, I thought it was a good 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 little performance from her um that ending you could kind of read two things into it as well i think because a lot of people and i thought this at the time as well were saying well wouldn't the nan remember her like you know she, she uh, it does seem a bit odd wouldn't she remember yaz um, being at a wedding because there wasn't exactly a lot of people there but there is this sort of little look in her eye when she says uh so do you want me to tell you about the watch then as if to say like you don't already know so you could read into it if you wanted to but also if you don't want to you yeah, could just say yeah. she doesn't remember her and i think it works both ways it's it's not really something that bothers me uh in terms of story i mean i get why people are saying that they're like well why doesn't she remember her? it's ridiculous blah blah but I, I, yeah, I think you can get around it. I think it's it's not a big deal. I don't think because as I said, there's this little glint in her eye when she says about, "Do you want me to tell you then?" <laughs> and I, yeah. to me, I could just see her sort of thinking because you do already know. But you know, so I don't know. You, I think you can get around that pretty easily. Yeah, I think. I don't um, think it's a big plot hole that some people are saying. It, it's a tricky one because uh, you're absolutely right, mate. I think it depends on how far you want to dive into. Yeah. into that subject you know it's always gonna it doesn't matter how I, I think some of the world's best writers can 
slave over a script to do with time travel for mm. years, you're still going to have moments where it's like, well, actually, what about this bit? You know, what about that bit? And Exactly. You know, yeah. you just have to sometimes, because there is an argument to say that because Nanny Umbreen is so old now, that maybe she doesn't remember exactly because I there are um, there have been moments in the past where I've been at a family thing like Christmas or New Year or whatever, and I've you know you know sometimes when the old family photos get brought out and stuff, mm. and I've seen pictures of me a lot younger at someone's wedding, and I have no recollection at all of being at that wedding. Who mm-hmm. was there? You know, but somebody else at the wedding might have a perfect memory and be like, well, I spoke to you, Gary, and you did this and we did that. Yeah, but yeah. I don't have any clue whatsoever. Yeah, so maybe it's the same for Nanny Umbreen. Maybe she's aware of everything with Prem and the watch and stuff, but maybe the people that were around at the time is just a bit fuzzy. Mm. Maybe. I don't know. It depends on how far you want to. No, I think you're right, mate. I mean, and also in terms of the story, there was a lot going on, wasn't there? She's got a lot to deal with at that time. She's probably not really paying attention to someone that's just turned up for the day. Exactly. (laughs) So, yeah, Yeah. I I think you can get around it pretty easily. (laughs) Um, It did did lead to, you know, you saying about that, there is a lovely scene between Yaz and Graham where they get a nice quiet moment to chat and Graham's talking about secrets and, you know, everyone's got secrets and, you know, we look at each other from the outside and all that sort of stuff is a lovely scene and i think you could again apply that to it can you that mm-hmm. you don't have to nobody tells each other everything everyone's got their own little secrets and and yeah, everyone yeah. remembers and views things differently to how the next person does so mm-hmm. i think that sort of explains it a little bit as well that nice little scene yeah yeah mm-hmm. um let's move on to the tardis team then because i want to talk yes. about graham first right bradley walsh I think out of all of the emotional aspects of this episode, because like I said earlier, with Rosa, right from the offset, you knew that throughout the episode, they were going to have to lead up to that moment. Yeah. And in this one, we knew that it was things were in flux for a little bit. It wasn't as predictable. But it was not until that point where the doctor tells them, look, he's going to have to die. You know? she Doesn't she tell them that Prem is going to be yeah. killed? Yeah. yeah. And it's that moment on where they're all... And there's that wonderful scene where Graham's just tearing up and he says to him, you know, you're a good man sort of thing. And he gives him a hug. Bradley Walsh, I tell you, every single episode, I'm just so grateful that he's in the show. Yeah, me too, mate. Yeah. That scene's lovely, isn't it? It's so nice. And he plays it just bang on as well. He's not overacting. He's not not trying to... He's not milking it. Exactly, yeah. It's not cheesy he's, I know he's bang on the money he is yeah and who yeah. would have thought that Bradley Walsh the all the people that thought he would be just this light hearted almost Disney character comic relief side person you know yeah. it's just every every episode he's just bringing the goods I, I love Graham I absolutely yeah. love him yeah absolutely agree absolutely agree I'm just waiting I just hope one week the doctor turns <laughs> I just hope the one week the doctor turns around and says to him Thank you, Graham, but please kindly refrain from referring to me as Doc. As <laughs> She's got to say it once at least. Um, but uh, no, he's, he's, he is, mate. He's absolutely brilliant. He's knocking yeah. out of the park week after week. Yeah. yeah. The emotional stuff is, he's, he's like Wilf though, isn't he? 
He's great at the emotional, and he's also really good at the little funny one lines and stuff. He's he's the balance between the two in yeah. their performance. Um, you know, Bernard Cribbins and Bradley Walsh, they've just na- nailed that part. Yeah, there are some similarities there. Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about uh, Ryan then? Because in the first part of the series, we did say that a lot of focus was on Ryan and his character development. And now that we've seen a bit of a flip over, so in Arachnids in the UK, we met Yaz's family, we had a bit more development mm. there, and now we've obviously got a lot more development for her in this one. So what did you think was left for Ryan in this one then? Because he didn't really... Uh, he was he was good, again, very consistent, great performance, but um, rightly so, a little bit of a backseat to Yaz in this one. Yeah, it, it must be difficult for the writers. I think Chibbers has landed every writer that has to write for him, his series with this TARDIS team. They, you know, there is a quite a lot of baggage with all these friends in brackets, companions, isn't it? Because it must be difficult to keep trying to think up things for all of them to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Ryan definitely took a back seat this week. Not necessarily a bad thing, but he, again, he, a bit like... Um, Bradley Walsh last week when he's got his hands in his pockets all the time. He looked a bit bored. He didn't get a lot to do. Um, there was a nice moment in the spacecraft when he sort of shouted at um, Prem, you know, tell us where you first saw him. It could be important and all that sort of stuff. And so he, he got a couple of nice moments, but he definitely was more in the background this week, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that you're sort of aware that the writer's thinking, oh, I don't really know what to do with them. And, um, sometimes you sort of think maybe it'd be better if they just, you know, it wouldn't hurt if we just had a companion stay at home for one week, you know, if they're not going to contribute much to the episode, you know, yeah, they could just be dropped yeah. off one week. I mean, I wouldn't want them to. I'm just saying it's, you know, it, sometimes you are a bit aware that they're just in the background. Yeah. No, I read you. Yeah. Yeah. But it does reinforce the whole TARDIS team. They're very much a, a team in this series, aren't they? Definitely. Team TARDIS. Yeah. yeah. Team TARDIS. Yeah. Yeah. I thought his performance was good as always, though. He's oh, great. yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Nothing yeah. wrong with the performance. Yeah. Uh, right. Jody then. Oh, don't forget Yaz. Oh, crap. oh did we do Yaz? Yeah. No, we didn't. No. Totally uh, glossed <laughs> over. Yaz's universe about Yaz. Yeah. Oh, one of no. the most important characters of the episode we glossed over. <laughs> Mandip Gill then. Yaz. Mandip Gill. Um, I would say she had a stellar performance in this one. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant in terms of. Her, I really liked her um, assertiveness at the beginning. So when she doesn't get the information out of Nanny Umbreen, mm-hmm. she immediately goes to the doctor's like, I want to go back in time and find out about what's going on, all the rest of it. She's quite assertive. And then when she lands there and she gets embroiled in the whole thing, she, um, she's got this really, really nice inquisitive but respectful side to her. You know, she knows what's going on. She can see it unfolding before her. And uh, she, how she doesn't burst into tears at several points mm. in the episode, I don't know. Because you can tell that she's on the verge. You know, she's quite... There are sort of little key points throughout the episode at the very beginning, at the very end. The bit where they're walking away when they hear Prem getting shot. Uh, the bit where she has no idea what these demons are about. Yeah. And so on. So you can tell that there are key moments where she's confused she doesn't know what's going on but she's she wants to see it out because she's you know she's desperate to find out what's going on with the watch how did that get broken and granddad and all that stuff so yeah i just think she had a real a really really good 
um, sort of range in, in this one, if that makes sense. You've read a really great emotional, mm. quite happy at some times, really sad at other times. Yeah, just Mandip's performance. I just really liked her in this one. I did. I thought it was a lovely story for her. A really nice story for her, to, you know, to... I wouldn't say she she was pushed to the forefront of it, but she it was just a great story f- for her character. I thought, yeah, and uh, yeah, her performance was great in it. And so that moment when the watch smashes as well, I thought that was a lovely idea. He's like, "Oh no, I broke the watch," and she's like, "No, no, it's cool because it's like, so you know, it's it's the exact moment we got married. It's a it's a it's a moment in time." Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, a little bit cheesy maybe, but I loved it. <laughs> that's I'm nice. sure that's been done before, but I don't care. I thought it was great. <laughs> No, I read you. It's a really nice, nice moment. And uh, we're worlds apart, aren't we, from companions like Rose or Donna? Because if you think about what Rose was like, mm. no, 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 he's my father, he's my dad, I'm going to do this and all the rest yeah. of it. Yeah. Whereas, um, yes, yeah, she's more like, she's more reserved, isn't she, when yeah. things are kicking off, whereas Rose would be a lot more, you know, a bit more EastEnders about it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Worlds apart. Yeah. Yaz is a bit more sort of quietly respectful and assertive when she needs to be, but yeah. Yeah. Just very cool. Uh, and then Jodie then, the doctor. Jody. Mm. So I'm, I'm two thirds of me really, really liked her in this episode. I thought she had a crack enough. <laughs> two thirds. Two thirds yeah. of me really liked her in this episode. I thought now that Chibbers is out the way, we've got yeah. somebody else that can write her potentially some really nice, stuff and some interesting stuff and for the most mm. part i think they did um there's just a couple of things for me that just didn't i just wish this doctor was a little bit more firm mm. at times because it's a bit like um anyone that's ever seen uh <laughs> this is gonna sound really weird anyone that's ever seen the family guy star wars specials will know what i'm talking about yeah. There's a guy, the, the way that they played Yoda in the Family Guy Christmas specials is how I see Jodie at the minute. Where Explain. Right, so in, the, in those Family Guy Christmas specials, Yoda's like, no, I will not teach you the ways of the Force. And then mm-hmm. they say something, he's like, okay, I'll teach you the ways of the Force. You know, he has this sort of way about him like, no, we're not going to do this. Yeah, but okay, let's go and do it. Yeah. It, it, she's like that with things like mm. Yaz is mm-hmm. I want to go back and see what happened to the watch and my nana and stuff a doctor's like no way this is really dangerous it could have impl- implications and blah 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 Yaz is like yeah but this and the doctor's like alright cool let's go and do that then it sounds brilliant yeah you know it's just these really quick turnarounds these really fast I just wish that she would just be like no you know, let's give her a bit more of a dynamic or, or a bit more range in terms of her. Cause I get it. Cause I think right from the off, we've had this whole, when people ask for help, I never refuse. Yeah. We have all that. Yeah, I get it. You know, she wants to be helpy helperton and she wants to do all that stuff. Great. But it's just be more firm. You know, if you're, if you feel that going back in time to see history that you're linked to, and it's really dangerous and shouldn't be done then say that and do it. Mm. You know, even though Mr. Eccleston did the same thing and made that mistake as well. Like you said earlier, does the doctor never learn? Yeah. You know, we had all this problem with Father's Day before. 
And um, so th- it, where it concerns Jodie, I love, you know, I loved her in this episode. I thought she was great. The techno babble was gone to an extent. She had a much more, she had a much better dialogue with other characters and she was making things again. It was all good. I just wish that she'd be a bit firmer with things. That's, that's all it is. It's just mm. this, I want to do this. No, it's bad. Yeah, but okay, let's do it then. Yeah. That's all it is. I, yeah. I do hear you, mate, because there is still that, um, yeah, I still feel like she needs, see, for me, I really liked her in this episode because she finally started to stand her ground a bit and uh, I think that's what you're getting at. I'd still like to see it go up a level, but mm-hmm. for me, she was definitely more getting there this this week. Like when she stood up to the to the uh, demons and she was like, you know, I'm protecting these people. So, you you know, and that's the end of it. And I thought, okay, we're fi- finally seeing a bit of fire from the belly from the doctor here. Now this is this is more like it. And I thought she was charming in scenes. I thought the bit where, mate, you know, where um, Prang got shot, just her, you know, reaction to it. So yeah, for me, she yeah. gave a lot better range of emotions this week. I finally got to see some fire from the Doctor, which is what I've been waiting for. Still not 100%, you know, but I really enjoyed her in this episode. I just wish we'd seen more of it sooner, you know, wish because she did, she did, um, her performance was much calmer this week, wasn't it? It was. Like you said, yeah. it's none of that silly old technical babble, maybe just a little bit, but nothing like we've had, you know, in previous episodes. So, yeah, to me, she was very good in this story. In fact, I loved her in it. Um, I just want it to continue because I just feel like uh, perhaps the writers are just not sure how to write Jodie's Doctor. So I'm a bit worried that next week we're going to go back to all the silly jargon again. Uh because I, I just, you know, the performance in this I thought was really good. And this is what I want to see more of, you know. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I don't, you know, hopefully it will continue into next week. It's just, we should have seen this sooner. It, I, the, the other night I was flicking through the channels and I don't know which station it is, you'll know, but they're, they're showing Doctor Who and uh, it's the old, they've started from Tenant's first series. Do you know which channel it is? Uh, is, it, is it Play or something like that? Yeah, something like uh, that. And I just happened to switch over in the middle of New Earth, which is obviously Tennant's, you know, first proper story, you know, after the Christmas invasion or whatever it's called. And um, the scene I come to was when he's really laying down the authority. He's like, if you think there's a higher authority than me, there isn't one. And he's really going into it. And Mm. I just happened to turn over more or less at that exact point because he's like, what have you done to Rose? And I thought... I remember watching this back in the day. I'm not a big fan of New Earth, but I remember watching this back then and thinking, you know, Tennant's like really new as the Doctor. It's his first episode in his first proper series. Yeah, <laughs> there's the Doctor right there, laying yeah. it on the line. Mm-hmm. You, you know, I want to know what's going on. I'm the authority. And I thought we we still haven't had that moment from Jodie. You know, it's to that level. Do you know what I mean? I felt like she was great in this episode. She definitely was getting there. But then it was just so ironic to just turn over to that scene uh, a couple of days later and see Tennant really absolutely owning that role in his first episode, which isn't even a very good episode in my opinion, but comes back to what I was saying before. He was really good in it. Yeah. You know, and I I just, that's what I really want to see from Jodie. So I understand what you're saying, 100%. You know, yeah. we, we, you know we, we need to see more fire in the belly if you like but I, I did think she was great in this story I did really like her in it yeah I did I thought she was good I it, just needed to continue we've only got four episodes left for her to mm-hmm. really ramp it up yeah I think but then again we have had that 
in some of the previous episodes where she's kind of laying down the law a little bit. You know, she's like, this is, you know, not this planet, it's protected and so on. Mm, but not, yeah, it's not been strong enough. And then, yeah, we had it to a degree in this one where, like you said, she is being a bit, a bit firmer when she's, yeah, when she's first talking to the, whatever they're called. Uh, the de- I just keep calling them the demons because I keep forgetting that they're called. Yeah, the Tajar, Tajarians or something mm. like that. She, mm. Yeah, she is a bit more firmer there, but it just feels like she's, I don't know. It doesn't even feel like she's sort of, you know, in the past we've said she's 80% there or 90%. It doesn't even feel like that now. It just feels like she just needs like a real gritty, we need someone to die. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> oh dear. We we need an episode where right off the bat, somebody just gets shot in the head. And she really goes for it. And she just, yeah, and she really goes for it. Not even the TARDIS team, but somebody, you know, quite important in an episode. And a mm. real nasty, scary monster to really pose a decent threat. I think we just need a real gritty story. And, you know, I know this... It, it's predominantly uh, a wide age um, sort of viewership for Doctor Who. I know a lot of kids watch it and stuff, but I really feel like we need a scary something bad happens. Kids, off to bed, you know, sort of Mm -hmm. episode. I really feel like we need one of those because it has been very, you know, quite light and emotional and, and which is great. It's all good. But I honestly feel like we need a belter of a, something bad happening to her. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I do agree with you. I really do. Yeah, we need to see her absolutely taking control and sorting somebody out, you know, because, yeah, that threat level has been massively missing yeah. so far this series. Yeah, And I thought we were going to have it when, when those demons turned up. So did I, yeah. And they looked awesome. I thought, oh, hold on. Things, and the thing get in messy. her head as well, it was like proper like, oh, who are these guys, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. we really need it, yeah. That was another thing, yeah. So when they spoke to her I suppose in her head it was this really nasty voice and it was quite disturbing I thought this is going to get tasty this is going to be a good one but then like I said for reasons to the story it turned out to be a very nice thing that they Mm -hmm. do now but I thought initially this is going to get tasty but and also Segan's music you know that first reveal where they sort of appeared on that hill looking over of them and it did that typical creepy horror (laughs) you know almost scratching the walls type music I thought oh god you know yeah yeah. these guys yeah yeah so we need something like that next week hopefully that is scary looks great and that she actually sorts out but yeah I don't know yeah because I think um like Rosa it did turn it around to be um so the the demons metaphorically of the story weren't the demons it was humans Humans. again again we've seen that a few times but yeah yeah Uh, there we go Mm. Segan's music though crikey oh brilliant and also the end theme how beautiful was that the the the, we got a different version of the end theme with you know like this indian just vocal so sparse and then it built and my god it was gorgeous lovely it was just gorgeous yeah Yeah, again i kept i sat there thinking when is the soundtrack coming out? I want it now. <laughs> I tell you yeah. what, if they don't bring the soundtrack out sh- sharpish, there's going to be riots down Please at... Please don't let it be another three be... or four year wait. Please. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. It's lovely. I think all worries aside, because Murray's knocked it out of the park for the last mm. God knows how many years, but yeah, Segan's just... 
it's a, yeah. it's a different it's a totally different style yes. you know yeah. uh, you know when people sort of say oh murray it's a different style a different feel and uh, and, I, and i love it yeah you know? it's not any better or worse it's just yeah different it's, it's just yeah. this different style yeah yeah and it works really well with the episodes i think yeah okay mate anything else you want to mention on this before we Listen yeah, to our yeah, just a couple of things. What did you think about? So, right at the start of the episode, Graham mentioned some adventure they've been on with. Uh, I think he says Killer Turtles or something. Oh, the Turtle yeah. Army. What do you think? I think that's the second time they've kind of mentioned an off-screen adventure. Yes, uh, and I can see Nick Briggs <laughs> rubbing his hands together. Think, oh, Big Finish <laughs> can do that one. So, what do you think about this? The fact that we're hearing about stuff that we're not seeing on screen is that a good thing? I think so. Yeah. yeah, I think yeah. it just fleshes out the fact that, yeah, these guys are off on... Because if you think about it, they've kind of ditched their everyday lives, haven't they? So It sounds like it. It just makes you wonder how long they've been travelling together, though, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, as long as Chippers doesn't go down the timey-wimey arc that Moff sometimes mm. sort of dabbled in, um, then I think it's fine. I think if you just allude to the fact that they've been on some other adventures, which is great... It leaves up to your imagination. You don't have to have everything fed to you. Yeah. I think it's good. And the other thing I want to mention, just very lastly, is um, we got to see... <laughs> we got a little scene in the TARDIS at the end, and um, those crystal thingies <laughs> were moving up and down at the top of the... They we, were, we, yeah. These the little crystal columns. There's, there's like this little um, finger <laughs> moving up and down at the top of the column. I'm like, well, we haven't seen that before, I don't think. And go, oh, it looked awful, didn't it? I was like, what's that? Is the, is the set falling down? What's happening? Because you've got the time rotor wobbling away in the background. And I think the director said, yeah, Jodie, if you can just, when you say your line, if you can just move in front of the column so we can hardly see it, because it looks terrible. Um, <laughs> and then you get this thing moving. What's going on on that TARDIS set, mate? Yeah, mate, it's... Um, it's not working, is it? It's it not. Really, no. it's not working. No, if you think when... Uh, you know when halfway through Matt Smith's era, they unveiled that newer um, TARDIS console. You know it was a lot larger in scale and lit mm. beautifully and and all that. Everyone went nuts over it, and it yeah. was a, a talking point. Whereas this one, you know, I've not got into conversation with hardly anybody about the TARDIS other than just how dull it looks. And it looks so cramped. I almost feel like they can't get the cameraman in there. If no. everything's so close up, isn't it? It really is not working for me at all. I'm wondering if we're going to see um, any other room as well, because I said to you a couple of weeks back, we've got the biggest TARDIS team in years and the smallest blimmin' TARDIS console. <laughs> like, are we going to see any other bits of it? Because I, I don't think we are, actually. I, it doesn't feel like it. It feels it, like the focus is not at all on... It feels like the Chivers didn't even want it in the series. It's like, yeah, just a quick scene in the TARDIS. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's not working for me at all. Um, and the, very lastly, somebody um, spotted um, my good friend Ellie. Actually, well, I say good friend. I've only met her twice, but lovely person called Ellie, uh, who I've met. Um, she spotted the a camera poking in at the side of the screen in one of the shots. Did oh, you yeah. Know? Oh, someone else put that on Twitter, yeah. She's, yeah. She freeze-framed it and circled it. And I, I, yeah, obviously, when I was watching it the second time, I was looking out for it thinking, where's that camera? And I did spot it. Yeah. And I thought, gosh, how did that get through? Um, part of me loves it, though, because it, it reminds me of the classic series where boom shadows would come in mm -hmm. shot and mm -hmm. even microphones sometimes. So it shouldn't be there in this day and age, but I, I kind of like the fact we had a camera creep into shot. Maybe it was even done intentional to, I don't know. 
but I liked it. Did yeah. you spot it though, or did or not? Because I didn't. It's only because it was pointed out by Ellie on Twitter. No, so I, I somebody else had screenshot it and put it on um on Twitter. Yeah. I didn't even notice it. it was um, but uh, it doesn't bother me at all, mate. It's just no, no. It does have little flashes of sort of classic brilliance about it. Classic, yeah. you know. But uh, I don't think it was intentional. But no, no, I don't think so. No, it's cool though. Yeah, cool. and that's it. That's all I've got on my notes. I think. Uh, yeah. Righto. Okay. It is you to go first. It is me to go first. And yeah. um, despite, you know, we've talked, we've mentioned a few negatives and, and mm-hmm. things where we you know we wish could be improved. But despite those things, and I don't want to be inc- accused of, um, who is it on Facebook the other day, accused us of being contradicting myself? Because it probably sounds like I've been a little yeah. negative yeah. towards this episode. I, all the things I've pointed out in terms of faults this episode, I can overlook because of the amount I enjoyed it. Yeah. And I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And I found it incredibly powerful. So I'm giving it a 9 out of 10. A 9? I, I loved it. It's Nice. It's right up there with Rosa for me. Yeah, a 9. Okay. Uh, I'm going to be close to you. This Ooh. is an 8.5. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. What did you rate Rosa? Let me have a look. Rosa, I rated that a 9. A nine, so this is like, yeah, so actually you're, we're in line with each other. We're about yeah. 0.5 under Rosa, which is where I think we are, yeah. Yeah. Great, yeah. Yes, I thought this was a cracking, beautiful episode. Really nice. I think, do you know what it is? I think it's more the overall story elements that are affecting it 100% for me. It's mm. just the overuse of the Sonic, the Doctor not being quite as strong as I feel she needs to be, and we still haven't had a, a, a real terrifying monster still. Yeah. But as an isolated episode, I think it's very, very good. Really yeah. enjoyable. Yeah. Absolutely agree. Yeah. Uh, righto. Let's, um, we've got a, a load of audio reviews in this week. So Great. thank you so much for you, uh, all you guys for sending those in. We're going to kick off with a couple of those before we uh, jump over to the other social stuff. Uh, this is a new um, uh, audio reviewer. Uh, this is Kathy Scott. Hello, everyone. Katie here giving her thoughts about the new Doctor Who episode, Demons of the Punjab. So, first things first, I really enjoyed the visuals of this episode. They had a very high production value, as always. The soundtrack was just beautiful. It, I liked it that they included like little bits of pieces from the music they made in this region to make us even feel more involved into the story. The story itself was good. It was interesting, at least for me. And the villains were mm, something we hadn't seen like before which I also really liked they were something new and I could relate to what they were doing so what I might criticize about this episode was that for younger viewers it might be a bit hard to keep track of what was happening since this episode was a bit very drama oriented and they might lose interest in what is happening even though for viewers like my age for older viewers they would uh, really enjoy this episode like I did, I think. It also made me shred a tear in the end, so I think it made me also emotionally tied to the characters which were involved, which is always very good. Overall, I would give it a 8 out of 10. Cool. 8. 8 out of 10. I do share the fears about the younger audience as well, uh, being engaged in it, but yeah. Yeah, cool. And uh, Kathy was worried because English isn't her first language, but no worries there, Kathy. Everything no. perfect. 
Uh, yeah. Let's continue with the audio stuff. This is TARDISNet 66. Okay, so Demons of Punjab was exactly the sort of story that we needed after the Saranga conundrum, or however you say that title. I just thought it was excellent. It's great we're getting great um, new historical stories in this series that are very educational. I didn't quite like it as quite as much as Rosa, but it was still a great episode. Um, it was very educational. Um, it was all about the partition of India, which is a subject I didn't really know a lot about. But it's also a very touching and a very emotional story. As um, we also, we also, it was also a great character piece for Yaz as we delved more into her character. So overall, I thought it was a great story. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yeah, it was a good story. Yeah. It was. Uh, let's do a few tweets. We won't be able to read all of them because um, you guys are coming in large numbers now. Um, but we'll breeze through a few of them. Little bits of history said, loved it. As a lover of Indian history, uh, a view would learn, uh, a view to learn uh, a lot of authentic facts and concepts. Really glad that each episode has tried hard to teach a real lesson beyond warm fuzzies. Uh, shot beautifully and a nice, concise story. Mm. Uh, Paul Starkey says, um, his Twitter name's funny, Luna Werewolf. Um, <laughs> uh, I enjoyed this one a lot. The writing quality was a lot better. I just wish the Doctor had more agency. Urgency. Uh, too often the TARDIS team have been bystanders this season, mm. making them no different from the compassionate aliens. Mm. Yeah. Mm, yeah, good point. Craig Matthew says... Craig Matthew says, spent a lot of time shouting at the TV for something to happen throughout. Uh, unnecessary aliens took too much time away from the threat of evil resistance whose entry seemed too sudden and late. Also, our friends seemed too safe on their travels. Not bad, but another average story, six out of ten. Mm, okay. Uh, as Matt Mahmood says, uh, the best episode of the series so far Jody came into her own in this episode too. All the companions were great, but especially Yaz, who got a much needed spotlight. Eight out of ten. Yes. Davros mm-hmm. uh, says the story was engaging and the characters were actually um, uh, uh, characters I wanted to know what happened to, unlike the last two weeks. Uh, beautifully shot and scored. Downside, aliens were weak and not needed. Uh, Doctor mm-hmm. far too passive again, but overall a seven. Seven, Okay. Uh, let's have a breeze through some other people. Um, J.H. J. H. Horton uh, says, absolutely phenomenal. Uh, refreshing to have empathetic aliens and another brilliant way of illustrating the past through sci-fi. Very poignant for the day it was broadcast on and fantastic emotional weight throughout. Ooh. Uh, very good. Um, let's do another couple of audio clips. Um, this is Matt Rowley. Hey there guys, it's Matthew here from the Hurix, and it's been a long time since I've done an audio review for the Big Blue Box podcast, but I hope you and all your wonderful viewers are well. Now, Demons of the Punjab, I am so happy that we have got over the horrible slump that we had last week with the Saranga Conundrum, which I thought was dreadful, and we've picked right back up again with Demons of the Punjab. What I would say to sum it up is, it's not the episode that I wanted this week, but I'm happy to have it. I thought... Overall, it was another lovely character piece. It was, you know, a little bit like Rosa in that respect. It was a story where the villain didn't have to be unbelievably good, so I can sort of accept that. But um, again, the character writing was was amazing. The Doctor, 
I can finally say has arrived. I thought Jodie had her best episode yet. She was amazing. The companions, again, were all absolutely fantastic. The setting, the direction, the music, everything else, that's just kind of, it's just normal for that to be good, this series. All of that was amazing. Um, and the twist with the villain as well was good. It was nice to have something a little bit clever going on with the villain. Yes, it wasn't as threatening, but I liked how it turned out that the the Thura, whatever they were called, they weren't the villain in the end, and it was, in fact, um, Prem's brother, which was a nice twist. Um, cut the nitpicks. I thought that the Sonic was way too much overused, and that's a problem that's sort of annoying me a little bit as the series goes on. Um, I think she needs to start putting the Sonic away. And some of the side cast like Prem were as wooden as the hut that they were living in. So, um, yeah, overall for me, I think it was an extremely solid episode. Series 11, I'd say is back on track and I'd give it an 8 out of 10. Cheers, Matt. Thank, thank you, Matthew Rowney. I totally agree about the Sonic. It is um, a problem. Poor old Prem, though. <laughs> he was good. He was good. Yeah, cheers, Matt. Good to hear you again, mate. Uh, over on Twitter again, Doctor Who Time and Space. Uh, such an improvement on the last few. Uh, not brilliant, but I did enjoy it much more than I expected. Looked beautiful. JD was great. But there were too many companions. Yeah. Uh, 7.5. Theta Sigma. Um, nope, that's commenting on the exhibition. Very sorry. Jamie Aspinall says, Demons of Punjab is the best episode in the series so far. A billion patings better than last week's. Mm-hmm. Pating. Uh, let's have a look. Harry Brown says, Almost like someone read the script for Rosa and thought to copy it. Uh, not with brilliant results. Uh, still good on finally giving Yaz some stuff to do. Eight out of ten. Mm, okay. Um, let's do another last couple on Twitter. Sarah Louise Bagger, the running Hoovian, says, I found this to be a beautiful story, thoughtfully presented, and a great history lesson made more poignant being aired on Armistice Day. Uh, the cast delivered good performances. Jodie came into her own as the protector, and the monsters were very scary until the twist, which I enjoyed. Uh, nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. Nice. Um, Let's do more audio clips. This is from Down Under, Sammy Satine. Hey, Gary and Adam, Sammy Satine here. So, the demons of Punjab. Well, I learned something. That was good. I like the historical stuff, meaning Yaz's nan and finding out why Yaz was given the watch. I just think, once again, we had yet another non-threatening alien. Though they did something rather lovely, witnessing deaths of people whose death otherwise wouldn't be witnessed, but... Despite this being good, it was not the episode I needed from Doctor Who this week. I don't feel like any of this would have made the kids hide behind the sofa, do you? (sighs) Anyway, I give it 8 Yaz's Nans out of 10. See ya. Frustrated Sammy Satine there. Indeed. Yeah. Right, let's carry on with the audio clips, actually. Um, Remember Ian... Stevens, who was a regular audio reviewer from a while back. Ian from France. Ian from France, yes. Oh, yeah. He's back. Did he like it or did he not? Hang on, I thought he'd disappeared into the vortex. (laughs) Let's have a look, see if he liked it or not. Hello, people. Ian from France here to talk about demons of the Punjab. I mean, honestly, where do you start? I did not know that Doctor Who was capable of being this bad. It's bad sometimes, of course. Time and the Rani, I'm looking at you. But this was a new low. I think we were meant to be impressed by the writer's historical knowledge and somehow feel guilty for being British. I think that was the idea. Whatever. I wasn't. And I'm not. 
instead of being entertained, were bludgeoned into a sensation of utter tedium, with scenes dragging on unnecessarily, going for cinematic, achieving soporific. It was awful. As I was watching, I finally relented and looked at the runtime, something I tried to avoid doing, expecting to see that there was 10 minutes to go, only to discover, to my horror, that barely half of the blasted episode had aired. Jesus, Hector Christ. We've now had three duds in a row, each one progressively more stultifying than the last. If this were an afternoon movie aimed at the bereft of thought, I would suggest it had failed. As an, ep as an episode of Doctor Who, I think it's the worst ever. Warriors of the Deep is to this episode as Empire Strikes Back is to the Phantom Menace. Sadly, I fear the demise of our beloved show. Imagine being an eight-year-old and watching this. Would it excite? Would it captivate? Would it fire the imagination? I don't jeffing think so. Unbelievably bad. I am furious. I don't even care what happens next week. I couldn't give a damn. Terrible. Zero out of ten. Naught. Nada. Zilch. Rien. And Jody's not good enough either, unfortunately. <sighs> I feel better. Merci. C'est Sufi. A bientôt, mes amis. That's it, Ian. Get it off your chest. Get it all off. Wowzers. Whoa. So, do you think he liked it or not? <laughs> I think it's safe to say that Ian is not quite... He's not enjoying it quite as much as he'd hoped. No. Do you think he's listened to our review or do you think he's got halfway through and thought, what are you? What yeah. story did you watch? He's probably switched off. Ian, I hope you are still listening. It's good, it's good to have you back because <laughs> we thought the Moffat era had finished you off, mate. We thought you were yeah. a goner. Yeah. You were yeah. not happy with no. yeah, some of the Moff stuff back it then. Seems like but... the chip has pushed into a whole new level. Yeah. But I'll tell you what though, mate. Mm? Um, once again, I'll say that I would rather have people an opinion either way. Mm. I, I yep. much, it, it's much better than to be indifferent rather than just sit there on the fence, like mm. oh, I'll take it either way or whatever. Yeah. Don't mind. Yeah. I'd rather people, you know, cause that's what the show's meant to do. It's meant exactly. to, you know, give you something, make you feel a certain way. And for Ian, obviously makes him feel like he wants to jump out the window by the sound of it. But <laughs> Oh, Ian. Anyways. Oh, dear. Anyway, anyways. well, yeah. Hopefully, Ian, next week might be a bit better for you. Bit of kablamo. Kablam. Uh, last audio clip. This is Martin Arnold. That was a stellar episode. Um, incredibly gripping. Um, very well-written story. The guy who played Prem was a, a, an amazing performance. Um, very moving. Um, I thought that did the political historical narrative very very well um i personally find it baffling to hear from people who who think that that shouldn't be in this show sci-fi has always been about social and political commentary and i hope that doctor who continues to follow in that tradition um i i just think it was amazing um the soundtrack this season has been absolutely brilliant this guy has done an incredible job um i thought the, the the reinvention of the theme at the end was was really well done as well um and i'm not going to score it this goes beyond points it was just a, a stellar piece of television thank you very much wowzers you couldn't have two more contrasting reviews could you
you know, I mean, it's, yeah, difference of opinion. Difference, indeed. Yeah. Mm. Uh, let's do uh, finish up on a few over at Facebook. Uh, Kevin Mullen says, simply stunning. Uh, at last, Jody gets to be uh, the doctor we know she can be. Beautiful as always to look out. Magnificent and possibly better than Rosa. Uh, 19 out of 19. 19. None on 19. Yes. Rob Irwin, the monsters in this episode would have been more interesting if we already if we weren't already on a string of episodes with villains who aren't villains and don't do much. Mm. Graham stole the show with his scene with Prem after learning the latter is about to be killed. Jodie's performance was a bit all over the place and tragically, for what must be the Yaz episode of the series, she didn't get to do much. Except be the reason they went to Punjab in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, still solid, 8 out of 10. Uh, mm-hmm. Ulrich Hillmeister, uh, I love that episode, um, but I missed an answer to how the Doctor got her TARDIS back. Oh, they, they, there was a throwaway line, wasn't there? Because a lot of people have said this. There was a throwaway line about a, a teleport or something. Something, yeah. It was there bit, was something in there. Yeah. It was a bit weak, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, he says, anyway, um, go on with historical episodes like that. The Doctor only watching without meddling with history. Uh, nine out of ten. Uh, Lawrence Baxter, uh, 8.5. Thomas Richard um, says he loved the episode. Uh, really enjoying the historicals. The monsters were better used in this episode than in previous historicals. Uh, the threat came uh, more from the time period and the dangers of the time rather than the villain faffing with time. Mm-hmm. Uh, gave Yaz some great moments and her future grandmother also. Uh, Joseph Howarth, 9 out of 10. Jessica Leffelman, 9 out of 10. Uh, Rob RK says, really enjoyed the episode. Uh, that's not to say I haven't enjoyed all of them, some more than others, but this week was something different. Uh, and that has to be commended. Uh, it gives it 8.5. Dale Smith, 10 out of 10. Mm. Uh, Chris Parry, 9 out of 10. Uh, Miles McKenzie, 8.5. And lastly, Jeff Waddle says, a wonderful historical episode. Back to the good old days. Yay! In this roller coaster of a season goes to show, and the episodes would back it up. Chibnall can't write great Doctor Who. Mm. Uh, Jody written much better here, but I'm still waiting for her Doctor moment. I'm still not sure if the writing for her is not spot on. Um, the story itself was simply enough wonderful acted but that's six weeks now we've not had a decent villain uh, gives it a nine out of ten though nine out of ten yes good stuff Jeff yes. uh, so apologies guys I can't read out the full review on Twitter or Facebook there's just so many now but it's lovely and we'll breeze through them and give them give uh, your total score um, I assume you had loads of comments on the Geek Sound I did mate yeah. yes I had loads loads um, mostly positive in fact quite a lot positivity over old geeks most people enjoying it a few people who didn't but um yeah it was probably about 90 percent giving it a thumbs up over on geeks handbag i see yeah fairly positive yeah. Then. yeah yeah okay so next week then we're rolling into episode was it eight next week seven seven seven, seven. yeah i keep getting yep. confused as well so yeah so what's next week then buddy well um next week is kablam delivery for the doctor i believe it's the full Title Kablam, and it looks like it's set in some sort of Argos futuristic warehouse. (laughs) I don't know. I love that we got a sort of short, get another ten second preview of this robot thingy, which looked quite uh, quite great, showing the galaxy esque, didn't it? A little bit. Looked a bit like the busking doctor. So I, I don't know about this one. It'll go. uh, It'll go one of two ways. I think it'll either be completely full on its, you know what, or I think it's going (laughs) to be a great fun adventure. I just hope we get some fun. And some 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 fun and some threat would be good. Yes, that would be good. 
That would be good. And um, just before you click that theme tune, hot off the press, uh, it won't be actually by the time this podcast go out, but we're recording this on Wednesday and some of us, including myself, have got our Doctor Who magazine a day early. And on the back page, it's confirmed that we're getting a New Year's Day special. Oh, no Christmas special. Oh. Yeah, they've people have screenshotted it and put it all over Twitter. And uh, my Doctor magazine is right in front of me on the table in its cellophane. So, yeah, but it's uh, it's on the back page. It says uh, in next month's issue, there's going to be a preview of the New Year's Day special. So ah. hot news now, but uh, you'll be getting this two or three days later when it'll be old news. But uh, there it is, confirmed. I wonder if the Doctor will go back and visit um, previous incarnation because there was a lot of fireworks and kissing going on with one Doctor's oh, New Year's yeah. Day story or New Year's Eve, whatever. Yeah. Mabes. Wouldn't that be cool? Paul but anyway, you... needs to come back. Yeah. Oh yeah. But anyway, back to next week, and it's uh, yeah, kablam, kablam! Exclamation mark. I think we'll do there for two oh nine. Okay. Thank you, thank you, thank you for sticking with us for 209. Bit of a long show, this one. Uh, but we did have uh, shocker block news and merch to go through. Plus, we spoke at length about um, Demons of the Punjab. So, um, yeah, if you've made it this far, thank you very much for sticking mm-hmm. with us. It's been awesome. And thank you so much to all of you that sent in reviews, audio clips, commented on Facebook and Twitter, all that stuff. It's all very much appreciated. Uh, thank you muchly, muchly. Uh, next week very interesting synopsis kablam kablam <laughs> kablam but next week we'll see how that goes oh uh, please let it be good <laughs> well the chippers is not involved again so hopefully potentially I did say this last week I said the next two episodes are going to be very good I think mm. so I think next week will be a, a good one let's hope so let's hope mm. so indeed yeah uh, in the meantime though head over to the website www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk you can listen to all of our previous episodes on there and you can link off to all of the uh, social accounts to give us a like and a follow and stuff we chat lots of Doctor Who and all that stuff during the week uh, between episodes going out Uh, and also uh, subscribe to us on whatever podcast network you currently listen to Uh, iTunes is the the largest one I suppose Uh, there's a big button on the website to link off to that Uh, by subscribing you obviously won't miss a show when it goes out on a Friday and if you're an iTunes listener, if you could spare a minute for a review, that would be awesome because that really helps us lots. Also, check out Adam's channel, The Geeks, the Geeks Handbag. Handbag. Yeah. Yeah. Nip over to YouTube, just do a search for The Geeks Handbag. You'll see his little face pop up there. <laughs> just give him a subscribe. Loads and loads of cool videos there. Awesome, awesome stuff. You'll lose yourself for ages just going through his playlist. It's very, very cool. And you're also on the normal social stuff, aren't you? Under yeah, the same posting name. pictures of all the stuff I've been buying every <laughs> blimmin' day. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So just do a search of the Geek's Handbag and all the social stuff. Give Adam a follow. Again, yeah. loads of cool sci-fi who chat during the yes. week. Yes. Uh, until next week, have yourselves a, a cracking time. We will see some of you at the BFI on Saturday for Earthshock, Yay. which will be very cool. Yeah. Uh, and look out for the social post on Monday for Kablam. And until then, my name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember... Uh, and...